listening to RazRadioLive.com, home of the first 52, the Weekend Review, the Rob Revere Show, Can of Fornication, and the Mallard Report. If you like what you hear on RazRadioLive.com, quit being such a cheap bitch and help us out. There's donation bars on the website, and if you use Amazon, link to them through us so we can get paid. Now let me stop bothering you and get you back to the quality programming that you like hearing, only heard on RazRadioLive.com. We all live in different realities, there's no doubt about that. They're trying to form a one unified reality, but as we start to look towards what we're trying to actually get to, and that is liberty, freedom, justice for all, um, which is a global cry, we are now knowing it within from all the internet realms that this is a global cry. It doesn't matter if you're in the Netherlands, in Africa, in uh, Peru, or wherever, we're all saying the same thing all over the globe. All over the globe. And so you can't reject anything that comes your way. The universe is trying to speak to you and give you what you need, but you're rejecting it because you think you know what you deserve and what you need, which has all been conditioned and programmed by our culture creators, such as Walt Disney, Monsanto, and everyone else. So the answer to our problem is actually invisible, and it is called synchronicity. But it's an answer that no one can show you. No one can show you. And so now we're asking humanity to have faith in humanity when the Dark Brotherhood is making it so impossible to do so. Because we think all of this is our fault. Because we think all of this is our fault. Because we think all of this is our fault. So we need to find that faith in humanity because listen to all these people that have come out here, every single one of them, a loving, caring, nurturing being that just wants to uplift humanity. Well, that's the majority. Well, that's the majority. Well, that's the majority. The television's telling you the total opposite. Fear those people in a van. Fear, don't go outside. You know, you don't want to be meeting around with people. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's exactly what you should be doing. Synchronicities will start to unfold and then you'll actually believe in miracles. Anything that comes your way, go with it and, and do it to your fullest. You know, that's my message to the world because it'll guide you to your soul's purpose. And if you let your light shine, you know, to your fullest when something comes your way, then it'll magnify and become even more than you ever anticipated. And the best thing is, is that everything's better than you could have ever dreamed it. Everything's better than you could have ever dreamed it. Everything's better than you could have ever. And I know that's a, a hard message to sell when the BP oil spill, with the uh, volcanoes, with the corruption, with everything that's going down, the police state, you know, all of it. It's hard to tell people to regain their faith in humanity, to forgive the anger that you have for these people that have, have trespassed on you and to just start seeking the new existence. But we have to. That's what we have to do. We're the voice now. We're the voice now. We're the voice now.
Jack Blood, your radio gun from DeadlineLive.info and the Jack Blood Show. You're listening to Raz Radio Live. Stay bold. Attention, brothers and sisters. Take a look around. We are killing the future.
All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Did you miss me? I know it's been a while since we've all talked. <laughs> I want to welcome you guys to the first 52. It would be Saturday, March 16th, a little after 9 p.m. I missed you all. It's been a while. <laughs> I don't like being away. I really don't. Well, I had a blast, but I did miss you guys. I know Shifty held down the fort real well last week, and I was a uh, I was proud of him and Joe for what they did, but it just did it. It doesn't replace sitting here at this board and talking to you lovely people. Straight from FEMA Region 4 in Southwest Florida, you got the first 52. Right now, right here. Yeah, yeah. We are, uh, we're going to drift back a little bit tonight. Something I want to do the next couple weeks, we're going to, uh, we're going to, Still talk about current events and what's going on in the world, but we're going to start stepping back a little bit and reminding ourselves why it is we sit and talk about these things. You know, we have to talk about the new news and what's going on in the world, but there's too many people that seem to forget about what led us here. They forget about the Gulf of Tonkin. They forget about Oklahoma City. They forget about Waco. They forget about 9-11. They forget about Ruby Ridge. They forget about John F. Kennedy. All these things they forget about. And we're going to bring them back up. We're going to talk about them. We're going to remind you why people like me and Dave and Kevin and Lexi and Ledge and Alex Jones and Mark Dice and all these people out there, why they do it. Let's get back to the reason before we have another reason to start talking again. Because there's another one coming. It's on the horizon. The... the, the, the uh, <laughs> well, that song ended. That's the longest one I went. The the uh, the cards are on the horizon. We see. We see the exact same things we saw 10, 11, 12 years ago. Happening today. Right in front of us. Every day. It's there. It's happening. And we have to think about it. So that's what we're going to do. I got, uh, I got some good people on the line here with me. I've got, of course, absolutely, of course... The lovely Lexi. Hello. She's over here to my right. And I love having her there. I love having her anywhere. It's kind of a wow. whole other story. I, I, mean, I got to get out of the ladies' room yeah, from last get night. Yeah, out of there. <laughs> what are you doing right now? And then uh, on the far end here, the short distance, we have Four Toad, our buddy, buddy Four Toad. I can't see your picture, though. Oh, let me move over. There you go. You got the Four Toad there in the background. <laughs> How you doing, hey, brother? What's going on? I, I'm doing good. I'm, uh,. <clears throat> Got a can, one can of Four loco, so things shouldn't get too bad. Just one? Just Aww. one. Aww. One's enough. Yeah, that is true. We missed you, though. We were talking about it. It's been a while. Yeah, I've been, I was off for two weeks. I know. Two yeah, it's been three weeks since we broadcast together, so it's nice to have you back in. And what a great show to kick off with uh, uh, going over. I want to really try to focus on 9-11 tonight. I'm sure we're going to starburst into all kinds of things. Uh, but I, I want to cover 9-11 as much as possible tonight. So I got that in your head. And, of course, the further distance from us, way to my left, 
Um, if I actually, if I went straight left, I'd hit Mexico, but I, I guess I'd have to go like uh, uh, west and kind of northern, and I'd hit this man. Uh, he sent me a bunch of stickers, and I have some more in the mail that I and I have a bunch I have to mail out. But we also have Kevin Harris joining us this evening. Hey everybody, how you doing? Um, if you came out here, Sean, it wouldn't be that bad because Mexico's closed and you'd feel at home. So. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Too true. So you're ready. Here's the deal. They kick him out because he doesn't know the language. (laughs) (laughs) That is true, too. Uh, Kevin, you ready for some uh, deep 9-11 talk tonight? Sure. I'm sick as fuck, but uh, I can still. That'll put me in a worse mood, so I'll be more apt to argue with you. (laughs) That's good. That's good. First off, of course, we like to uh, bring everybody up to date with what's been going on. Obviously, we have not had... Um, you know, our for, first 52 in two weeks. This will be the first one in two weeks. Uh, last week, we actually uh, spent some time with our old buddy Fortoad in person, which was, uh, as usual, a great experience. He, although we couldn't get him off the chair staring out the window at the condo. <laughs> it's a beautiful view, man. You can't blame me. It is. Right? You're, no, you're I really did that the day me. before. I'm not even making fun of you about it because I did that all day. <laughs> yeah, it is a, it's a beautiful view out there. We uh, we went up to Tampa to go see the Ned Show. Uh, great experience. Um, everybody I met was just salt of the earth, as usual. Anytime we talk about Bubba Army uh, or anybody involved with, with just what we talk about, um, there wasn't anybody up there that I met that I didn't enjoy talking to that um, I hadn't been waiting or looking forward to meeting. Uh, everybody was just great. The show was awesome. I couldn't believe how many people were there. And uh, just getting up to be in Tampa for the weekend, and, you know, we did DC on Friday, had a blast, went over to the Penthouse Club, had even more fun. Uh, of course, slept in a little bit on uh, Saturday, but not much. And uh, just ran around a lot. So it was a great week. Uh, of course, this <laughs> this week of recovery back to work has been hard, absolutely hard. Uh, I don't want to have to do that again. But that was our week. Is that a nutshell, honey? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, all right. Yep. Cool. Well, one of the things I got to say about last last weekend was that uh, I was sober uh, that, that weekend. Well, mostly sober. Well, Mainly, sober at the event. Kind of. And uh, it was actually... I, I, I was bitching about it at the time, but it was actually pretty good because I woke up the next day feeling great. Um, I wasn't the one on camera, you know, <laughs> acting all stupid like I was the weekend before. Um you weren't jumping off stages or uh, uh, no, no, fighting fight lesbians with, in the parking lot. Lesbian cunts or anything like that. No. <laughs> but it was interesting because I was, I was the guy kind of you know, helping out with all that stuff too, you know, because you're the sober one. That's your job to make sure everybody around, all your friends are, are good. Mm. So, uh, and you did a good uh, job I, at it. Yeah, I think, I'm, you know, as I'm drinking a Four Logo tonight, I think I'm going to try to be more sober. <laughs> <laughs> well, between you... Um, uh, Spicoli and Frank, you guys kept the issues under control very good, and I just went and had fun. So yeah, I know, <laughs> <laughs> hanging out on uh, Alan's head, bopping around. <laughs> hey, how often do you get to sit on a big black man's shoulders? Come on now. Uh, me, not often. A <laughs> <laughs> racist. It's a rarity. Yeah, I don't get to do that very often. It is fun. It was a good time. You know how tall right. I had to be about it's eight like feet little tall. Little kids with carnival rides. <laughs> I had to be about eight feet tall sitting on his shoulders, dude. That was awesome. And Ned looked right at me and was like, "Yeah." I don't think you guys realize it because I was kind of off to the side, holding on to a speaker. Um, we had like 
I'd have to say, I don't know, one-third of that section of the stage was all us. It yeah, was I know. Like, what, 20, 30 of us? At least, yeah. It was oh, fabulous, at least. You know? That was a great all time. Right. Anyway, 9-11. Yeah, yeah, let's get into... Uh, well, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. we got to get Kevin's week. Let's hear... He said he's sick. Well, you know I like to open with the week. Let's do some pleasantries. You know, we'll get into... we got we got uh, two hours and uh, 40 minutes to talk. We got it. Don't worry. So, Kevin, how was your week? What do you mean you're sick, Mr. Uh, I don't ever get sick? I don't ever get sick, but to uh, add to that statement, when I said, when I said, when I said <laughs> I never get sick, I said when I do get sick, it's usually a fucking doozy. Oh, you got it, didn't you? Yeah, so... Uh, the I.O. play you know, got you already. Yeah, I blame um, Rick for flying over me. <laughs> going to so... Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those chest colds, head colds, and uh, I, I have antibiotics straight out of Mexico, so if I need those, I take them, lots of water. Uh. So, Kevin, are you saying Rick chemtrailed you? I think so. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you said you weren't even going to say that. I know, word. but I, I could not after that How comment. How you do that? You just Nine gave up 20. in the first 20 minutes? <laughs> I know. Well, you might as well get Honduras out of the way, too. Then. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> do they chemtrail over Honduras or Fort <laughs> <laughs> Toad? <laughs> Did you see? Oh, never mind. I'm not even going to go through that. <laughs> I um, saw it. I know what you're talking about. I, I saw it. I didn't get to watch it, though. The it flight pattern. You're, you're you're, it doesn't matter. You're going to watch it. you be like, that's all bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You, you were, well, you were, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know what we do. Okay, let's move along. <laughs> yeah, don't get on the chemtrails. We'll be there all night. Come on. <laughs> Jesus, this Fort Loco is kicking in fast. <laughs> Way fast. My God. I made some uh, steak and mushroom risotto before I came out, so mm. I'll be able to drink a nice pace and be good. Steak oh. and risotto. Mm. Mm. Steak and mushroom risotto. Sounds good. Mm. It's never healthy for me because I'm a fat ass and rice is just starch, but when you're sick, you want comfort food, fuck the health angle. So. Oh, whatever. I hear that, you know, because you know it, it's it's a state of mind as well. If you're if you're happy, then you you, you seem to get better faster. If yeah. you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> By the way, Lexi, I saved that picture from uh, the ladies' room, and that will be a, a face plant Friday decal coming out pretty soon. Sweet. Oh, God. That'll be on everybody's bumper before you know it, honey. Oh. oh. <laughs> now she realized what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ke- well, Kevin, don't do that, man. That's not right. <laughs> anyway, 9-11, inside job or not? <laughs> well, obviously, um, an inside job, but let's... Uh, Let's define the level. You know, when you talk about this with people, they go, oh, so the government, the government did this. No. Elements within the government that were high in power are the ones that were involved with this. We're not saying the government did this. Are we on I mean, agreement God, with that? God forbid your your high exalted government had anything. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, man. Oh. You wanted to wanted me to do this. I know, I know. Well, but can we agree? I, I think we can all agree that it wasn't the government. It was elements within the government. I don't even think that. I think, I mean, we, we all know, or we all suspect anyways, we can all basically prove that it wasn't a uh, Taliban hijacker going, la, 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 la. It was people that were paid to do it. Um, but I don't think it was a government as much as it was a corporation that works within the government kind of the same thing but different yeah kind of the well see and the problem is and that brings us to a whole nother thing is most people don't realize our government isn't run by the people we elect it's run by the corporations that pay these people to get elected so 
yes, what you're saying I can agree with because you have to realize we live in a fascist country at this point in time. I beg to differ. Please it's beg. Not the, it's not the corporations. The corporations and, and the government are kind of on an even plane. One one corporation pays off these guys. These guys do stuff for the corporations. The people above that or the entity above that is the are the banks. Those are the guys that make money no matter what happens. Those are the guys that are in control. Those are the ones that are lending these politicians the money to go to go pay off the, these these corporations to go build these tanks and send drones and shit like that. So you got to go to the top, man. You can't you can't you, don't go for the low hanging fruit. Go to the go to the root cause, and the root are banks. I I can't disagree with that at all. Um, <clears throat> I believe that the banks are the the, the main superstructure. And then, of course, we have the the tentacles underneath that main structure, which falls into a, a lot of main corporations. And I don't mean all corporations. Uh, I, th- I think we all know the main ones involved, Raytheon. Um, uh, what do they call themselves now? I can't remember what they're... Uh, well, you're still, now you're talking like Raytheon and, and, and Boeing and uh, Northrop Grumman. Those are all American companies. You gotta understand that you you gotta go for the multinational ones, like a BP. BP has a lot of fucking pull. Um, Too much pull. What? Too much pull. Too much, uh, maybe. Um, If you look into the history, they've had their fingers and everything. And it turns out they were they were they brokered a deal to get the Lockerbie bomber out of jail so that they could have a uh, uh, mining rights or or, or drilling rights. It just and if you go back and you understand that who own, who owns stock in BP, uh, the the monarchy of England owns a significant portion of BP. And let's British talk about let's, let's yeah I was going to say let's talk about what BP stands for because everybody just hears BP and they don't realize what it stands for. It stands for British Petrol- Petroleum. Right, it's the Dutch West Indies Company uh, from you know the 1600s. Because I mean, if you if you if you know history, you realize that. Uh, Columbus came out to do some stuff to get trading a trading route going on, and it was for the dust which dust dust fucking four loco <laughs> Dutch West Indies Company, and this goes back to you know elementary social studies class. Um, these are the things that we realized that this is this was the corporation that ruled the world. Pirates of the Caribbean. What, what? Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah, that too. Man, I can't believe you sidetrack your own show. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, how what 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 BP has to do with nine uh, eleven? Uh, I'm sure there's a connection there, but uh, <sighs> well, there's many connections. And let's before we get too deep with the connections, let's uh, let's start at the basics. Uh, we know nineteen hijackers apparently with box cutters and the threat of bombs um, took over four aircraft. Right? Yeah. Sure. Sure, okay. So we know that, for sure. Um, where the questions start coming in, and and again, you know, for those of you who might be new to the show, who don't know me, um, up until four years ago, I was a, a hardcore Republican, carpet bomb, you know, the whole Middle East, who cares, kill them all, um, you know, Terror, uh, Arabs killed us in 9-11. I had um, 
Yeah, bomb the fucker and make it into a parking lot because I was on that scan, uh, that that uh, yeah. script as well. Yeah, I had you know, and I still have a lot of them, but I had uh, statues of the twin towers and uh, statues of firefighters raising flags and now uh, pictures, and I still have a picture of the New York City skyline with the twin towers in it, hanging over my couch. Me you know? too. Yeah, I always will. I have one up there also, a smaller one. You know, I have them around. And I still want to remember that because it remembers, it reminds me. Uh, before I used to have it to remind me um, that we had to kill these people. Now I have it to remind me that sometimes what you want to believe isn't always what it is. And you have to remember being lied to. And, and I took 9 11 really hard uh, when I when I ra- rationalized that what they told us isn't true and that happened to me in 2009 uh, and a lot of our listeners are just waking up to these things a lot of our listeners have been awake to it for a long time it's hard to go through go ahead let's see in that aspect in 2001 I was uh, out of the Navy for about eight years I was a uh, machinist and a very active volunteer firefighter so that really hit home to me yeah, me too. I was a volunteer EMT at the time. My my ambulance unit was in New York City for three or four weeks. My volunteer squad from, from 200 miles south sat at the ruins for two weeks during the cleanup. You know, um, I, I worked in Manhattan at, uh, at, that, at that time, and I worked at uh, UNICEF, which is a part of the UN. The UN was right across the street from the UN and UNICEF is United Nations. Right. Um, so that whole area, because there's, there's, um, there are, what do they call them? Not, not mosques. There are foreign dignitaries that live in all the neighborhood. You know, the, there are buildings that, that, you know, there's the Nigerian consulate, there's this consulate. I used to walk past these things all the time. Um, so, uh, diplomatic immunity. <laughs> that is a, uh, a movie reference. Um, so, yeah, they, they, used to, you know, they used to get away with the fucking parking tickets all the time. But anyway, uh, I'm walking around, and uh, I didn't go to work on Wednesday, but I went to work on Thursday. And uh, they had uh, Nassau and Suffolk County Police, which is the next two counties over. You know, it's basically like saying, you know, in Hillsborough County, it's like like saying, you know, Pinellas County and uh, Sarasota County Police were working downtown Tampa, which, which, you know, you think to yourself, wow, these guys are usually fighting all the time to, to see them come together. A week later... There were cops at the end of the block that were from South Carolina, you know, and it's it was nice to know that all that support came from all over the fucking country, right? You know, and there was a time right after September 11th where, um, you know, on September 10th when I took the train to work because I have to take the Long Island Railroad and then the subway over. Um, people are stepping on you. You're, you're fighting with each other. There's just arguments all the fucking time, right? September 13th, uh, everybody was quiet. Everybody was nice. Nobody, nobody fucked with you. It was actually kind of a nice unity feeling. It was quiet. It was quiet. Yeah. You know what? They, uh, the, the September 11th and 12th, aside from you know the 3,000 murders that happened, there was no crime in the city for like three days. Everybody was so fucked up. Everybody's so weirded out that, uh, you know, everybody just calmed down. You know, it was weird for me. Um, I lived close to to Philadelphia. 
and the grounding of the aircraft and the reason why it was weird to me is because we were actually in the landing zone for Maguire so we were in the approach pattern for Maguire so it was quiet for like a day no aircraft then all of a sudden it was like constant aircraft traffic and it was military aircraft flying into Maguire Air Force Base in New Jersey and it was just constant you know like just going right over the house and it was weird to have no airplanes for that 12 15 hours and then hearing that constantly you know it was just it was really strange cuz we always hear heard aircraft cuz you know south jersey you're in the in the um holding pattern for philly so they're constantly flying over there's always aircraft and the nazi that was one of the biggest things i remember about 911 was no aircraft in the sky yeah I remember that too. I remember because I, I lived in a, an area where you could see, I, I, I could see. Uh, uh, I was close to Kennedy. I could see LaGuardia's air, and you just see planes all over the place. And for you know four days, you didn't see shit in the sky. Which yeah. you know since uh, forever, I've never seen that. You know, that yeah, it was. It, that, that's probably one of the biggest things that stand out in my mind uh, about that day is how that stopped. Um, I, I, I was a manager at, uh, at Pizza Hut at the time. And what I would do is I'd go into work and I opened the shop. I went in at 8. And it was about a 45-minute drive for me to get to my store. And I'd get in there and, you know, I'd, I'd go in the office. I'd turn my – I had a little TV in the office that I'd watch the news while I was counting out cash and getting everything ready for the day. And I'm sitting there counting out the cash and I got the news on. And the first reports of the, the small plane hitting the Twin Towers had come in. You know, oh, it was just a little small Cessna. It was an accident. You know, so I'm watching the building on fire and, and all that stuff. And I let my waitresses in. They're starting to set up everything, and they're doing their routine for the day. And uh, I'm, I'm watching a TV screen, and I see this plane fly into the screen and then hit the building. <laughs> and I, I yell down the hallway to my waitress. And th- these are older ladies. I was 20... 25 at the time I think uh, 25 26 and these ladies were I mean they were in their 40s and 50s they were you know older ladies I yelled down the hallway to the one I said we're under attack first words that came out of my mouth when I saw that second plane hit we're under attack so that that, that puts you that lets you know where my mind frame was at that given time in, in the world in my life mm-hmm. and uh we spent the entire day, I brought every TV, I think I had like two or three TVs in the restaurant completely. I brought all the TVs up to the front. I had them on the, on the, right by the cash register. I had one up in the corner of the restaurant. And it was on all day long. Um, you know, working at Pizza Hut, most of your employees are 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Majority of them, their parents either wouldn't let them come into work or came and got them immediately. You know, like the ones that were either out of, you know, the, the, the uh, GED kids or whatever, they mm-hmm. their parents yanked them up out of there. There was nobody. The kids weren't allowed to work. You know, my wife came up. At, I had a wife. My other wife, not obviously not the one I really love. My other That's wife. Right. <laughs> 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 she uh, she didn't want to be alone, so she came up to my my store because I was the you know, the boss. I couldn't leave. You know, we just kind of sat there all night staring at it, and. uh I still have a dollar bill. Dave, next time we're together, remind me to show you the dollar bill I have. And I had found this dollar bill um, shortly after 9-11, a couple days after 9-11. And it had uh, writing all over it. You know, look under the lamp, the CIA. Like, just, it was weird. And I actually took this dollar bill, photocopied it, and sent it to the feds. 
because of the writing that was on. I'll show it to you. It'll drop, blow your mind when you see it, Dave. Um, oh, anyway, so that that was my day of nine eleven. That's you hold know. on, hold on a second. Isn't it amazing now that now that we kind of have our eyes opened of all these freaks and kooks and nuts that were screaming about shit way before nine eleven? Turns out these guys are right. You know. Yeah, it is uh, scary. And we're gonna play some audio. I'm gonna be working on pulling some up here on YouTube as we're talking about uh, people predicting it. Um, you know, of course, there's two people that that have that claim to predict it um one's no longer alive and one still is let me ask you guys a question go ahead what made you realize or come to your senses that where you actually thought that 9-11 wasn't just an accident hold on before before you sean and i answer this i bet you it's the same answer <laughs> i think it is too building seven yep no actually i didn't no i woke up i i realized it before building seven um, what and I'll be honest, and and this is what comes up, and um, I'm not a, I'm not a racist person, but I'm going to be honest. Racism caused me to wake up to the reality of our world, so I can't knock that racist part of me because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be sitting here today. And it was Obama that made me start questioning the government made me start questioning what was going on because I was angry because there was a black man in charge of our country. That bothered me. And it made me start reaching and watching things that I would not normally watch. If he would have been Mexican, it would have been perfectly fine. <laughs> Possibly. Dude, did you ever read about his grandfather? He was an evil, evil fucker. He was a fucking bad... <laughs> he was a schemer. Yeah, he was. I, I kind of liked it. You know, I was like, wow, this guy... He was an anarchist, been... Dave. <laughs> Why do you think I like him? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was. He, though. he he was not well liked amongst the people. Some people liked him. <laughs> Some people. Any, anyway, uh, you made me forget what I was saying now. I know. Oh, my racism. Yeah, um, yeah. Racism is what is what woke me up. It, it my hatred of of Obama being president is what made me start looking into things. And fast forward uh, eight eight more years, and you're riding on the back of a big black guy at a show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no kidding, right? No, so um, I I started reaching out, and I, I found, um, I can never remember. There's a black pasture, and he used to call Obama in the beginning of his term. I can't remember his name. He used to call Obama the long, long-legged long Mac Daddy. Hold on. I have this audio. You know who I'm talking about? Pastor Manning, I think. Is it Pastor Manning? Obama! Uh, something right. It, it's it's just crazy. This and that's what woke me up was this black guy spewing hate about Obama, and that led me to the Obama deception, Alex Jones's movie. Mm. That's what woke me up. I watched that movie. I, I've said this before on the show. I watched that movie. I don't know a hundred times in in less than a month. Yeah, uh, but why does it got to be the Obama deception? All right, because it's, it's Alex just, Jones. So you 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 don't like it because it's Alex Jones. No, no, I've seen the Obama deception. My point is, why has it got to be the Obama deception? Why can't it be the presidential uh, deception? Because... Because it matters not, and we know this now. It matters not who's in office, whether he's a white hillbilly, a white redneck, or a black, smooth, urban guy. It matters not. Everything's fucked up. Right, exactly. But the the thing with... And Alex Jones was was a, a freaking genius when he put the title on there because even now today it's drawing people to watch it 
and it's not about Obama. I mean, it, it is to a degree, but it, they call it the Obama deception, but it really gives the breakdown of what's going, what's, what the government's really doing, who's really in charge of the government. And you, you've seen it, Dave, so you know what I'm talking about. And he uses a play on words by putting the title as the Obama deception to bring you in to realize it's not Obama. It's it's the banks. It's the Obama. <laughs> that's the guy. That guy. <laughs> Damn that guy. No, that's not the guy. That's not. I'll, yeah, I'll find it. I'll they find had, it. Uh, he's a uh, preacher that uh, they had on Howard Stern. Yeah. I don't think that's the one. So now we know where we all stood. Well, Kevin, what's uh, before we go forward? Um, you know, I know you're. You're on the fringe of conspiracy. You you believe a lot of the stuff we talk about. You 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 wait for answers on some of the other stuff. Where do you stand on nine eleven? Uh, well, still waiting for more information to come in. But what sold me on it was the fact that um the uh, what I'm uh, fucking allergies kicking in. Um, Building 7 fell by itself. It was reported in, in England moments before it happened that it had fallen, and it, it hadn't fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in England, I, would, I have a lot of friends over there uh, via the radio, <clears throat> but um, before that subway bombing happened, there was uh, armed uh, government people running around doing a drill for just the same thing. Okay, coincidences being what they are, that shit doesn't happen. I'm sorry. Right, isn't that fucked up that there was a, uh, you know, what was it, the, 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 the bombings in the train station, there was a a, um, a a test going on at the same time, at the same places, and it turns out um, they were running some sort of simulation in New York or, or in the Northeast at the same time September 11th happened. Hmm, right, imagine that. Things that make you go, hmm. Hmm. And don't forget the 7-7 bombings. Where hours after it happened, they had that guy on talking about that he worked for the company running the drills at the exact locations that the buses blew up, doing the exact thing that happened. Hmm. It's more than a coincidence, if you ask me. It's oh. uh, it's you know they're they're hoping that they're gonna hold the uh, the the carrot stick out here and we're gonna bite on it and go okay whatever you say. But okay. smart people know what they are, are gonna go. What the fuck are you talking about? You ain't doing a drill in two different places or. Moments before New York or 9-11 happened, moments before the subway happened. doesn't work that way. I've been in the military. They're not that fucking organized. Okay, George. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Listen, guys, if you want to get in on the conversation, you know, this is not just a three-way uh, or a four-way if we're going to throw yeah. Lexi in the mix, mi- middle. <laughs> you can join us at 941-421-0401. Uh, join us in the chat room at rasradiolive.com forward slash chat and uh, throw your two cents in. Tell us we're wrong. Give us a uh, give us your opinion of uh, what happened on nine eleven. Whether well, we're we really crazy. haven't said anything that that's c- too controversial just yet. Well, that's true. I'm sure yeah, we will we- soon. <laughs> Is it uh, Reverend James Manning? Yeah, I, I got a couple videos pulled up here too. I'm trying to find the one. I mean, it's been so long since I, I watched the one I'm talking about. Uh, but he is, uh, he's crazy. He's so funny. Uh, I got the, I think this one here is probably, let's see how this one goes. <clears throat> Honey, turn your ringer off. Sorry. <laughs> Damn, woman. 
Yeah, but you, I, I've been hearing your computer noises going on for the last 45 minutes, and you, you bitch at her? No, that was her phone the whole time. No, I was here. I heard. I heard a window. I just look, dude. I'm an IT guy. I know what the windows fucking <laughs> click sound like, and I, I could hear your clicking going along. That might be anyway, me tapping away. Anyway, so how do we think that the buildings came down? Do we think that that it was caused? Hold, hold by on, hold on. Hold on. Now we got to talk about some fucking reference. No, this guy's cool. Uh, you think that you and that was black people riding. You haven't seen cool anything. He's because he, he don't like Obama. And I'm not advocating killing and murder and stealing and robbing. That's not what I'm advocating. I'm just telling you what people are going to do. People are sick of this. People are tired of the long-legged Mac Daddy, you know, kicking them in the face every time he gets up lying to them. Then you got a bunch of, I don't know, suck-ups like the MSNBC News, ABC News, and all these media types and everybody who's looking to be popular and get invited to the White House, sucking up to him all the time. It's sickening. I mean, it's downright sickening to watch this. Uh, you know, you're going to get these white folk all riled up here. I'm going to tell you something. They're going to come in, the, the, the white folk get riled up, you know. They're going to, they're going members of the NRA going to come into the black neighborhoods. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, the people gonna get, people just tired of this. <laughs> So I don't understand what white folk have to do with it. I don't know either. Yeah, what? Well, because ninety-five percent of the black folk that voted voted for Obama. Yeah, yeah no kidding. And, and I, I'm not the. Uh, I, I totally don't like racism, and I'm I I, I becoming a hippie in my old age, and uh, <laughs> like I, I I really try not to see black and white. Like we talk about, you know, Alan all the time, and you know, the, I don't like his his name, Boobity. You know that that and, and he's always talking about you know black and white and I'm like dude you're just a guy man <laughs> you're just a you're a tall dude with a fucking cool mohawk I can finally pee with the white man <laughs> yeah see it's like he's got to perform and, all right that's a different story <laughs> he does that because he is that's his personality that's who he is I mean he's well, an well, would he be if he lived in Africa would he be like that probably. But he'd have a, uh, a bone through his nose and a. You know, oh, Kevin! No. Dude, dude, read a fucking book once in a while, right? <laughs> yeah. Get out of the backwoods, of Arizona, man. Right. <laughs> Why do you think I moved here? I came out of Chicago. Well, that explains a lot now. Oh, right. So there, there were all kinds of black people with bones in their nose. Their noses there, right? <laughs> Uh, usually it was uh, rings and, um, you know, brass and not brass, but stainless steel and shit like that. Black, white, Mexican, it didn't matter. Everyone had it. So, all right, back to 9-11. How did the buildings come down? Uh, well, I thought two planes hit them. Okay. So let's use science, physics, and um, construction. Okay. All right. Now... Um, I could tell you my story, and I could bore everybody about my story, but I happened to be on... Uh, at that point, I, I was freaking out, and I was like, I got to get the fuck out of Manhattan. And I was walking up 2nd Avenue to the 59th Street Bridge just to see if I can get the hell out. This is during 9-11. What? This is on 9-11, right? This is, this is when... Right. Uh, the, the, I, had, I had seen the second plane hit with my own eyes. I didn't see it on TV. I was on the roof of the UNICEF building watching looking at this big giant gaping hole in the in the uh the first tower that got hit that that when it came in from the north and i was like i had my breakfast with my my mountain dew and my my scrambled egg ham and cheese oh sorry turkey egg white and cheese uh, sandwich <laughs> stuff lying and i was like and i and i pulled i was like i am not leaving from this spot 
I don't give a shit. Well, how many computers got to get done today? I'm not leaving here. I'm watching what's going on here because when I got the phone call, my ex-wife called me. She goes, oh, my God, a plane hit the World Trade Center, right? And I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, so I ran up to the roof and I was like, I expected to see like this little Cessna sticking out of the side of the plane, outside of the building. And I see this giant fucking thing. And it reminded me of a cartoon. You remember, you know, cartoons, characters, when they run through the wall, there's the silhouette. Yeah. Right. That's what it looked like. Cause, and it wasn't directly on. It was kind of tilted to the side. And it looked just like a, you know, like it was a cartoon that went through the wall. And I was like, wow, holy shit, people died. They're, they're, this, is, this is real shit, right? And I'm watching, I'm looking at the front of the UN building uh, to my left, and there are cops, you know, like right out of the fucking movies, man. They, they, they pull up to the guard booth, they screech, doors open up, they go out, right? And I'm looking at the fucking uh, the UN building, which is, you know, right over there, you know, I don't know, a thousand feet away from me. And I'm like, wow, if a plane hits that, and I'm looking over to the, I was like, it ain't, I'm, I'm between first and second Avenue. I was like, it ain't going to stop till third Avenue. I was like, I'm out. I got to get the fuck out of here. And then I went somewhere else and I heard that a plane hit the Pentagon. I was like, I got to get the fuck out of New York. <laughs> right? So I'm walking up second Avenue and I stop by a bar that I had been at before and they had the door. And it was like, the, remember this is 2001. They had the first like large screen TVs there. And this is where a bunch of us got to watch the first um, second tower plane. fall down. Oh, okay. And I was like, what the fuck? And all I could think, because I've been downtown many, many times. And I was like, it's got to be destroyed down there. It's got to be destroyed from Varick Street down to fucking Battery Park. And I'm like, holy shit. Because you just think, you know, it's 110 stories. That building come down. It's got to take. And, and everything is so close together down there. You really, you fart in one building, somebody in the next building will smell it. Right. right? That's how close it is. And I was like, it's got to be destroyed down there. And uh, then I heard the second tower went down. I was like, it's it. Downtown Manhattan is emaciated. And then I, I, you know, I finally got my ass home, and I, you know, I sat in front of the TV for thirty six hours, and couldn't really do much else. Well, you just you're, you're you're brain dead. I was like, I just can't I can't believe I fucking survived that. You know, I got out of Manhattan. Uh, I saw some really crazy shit. I had a lot of weird feelings. I, I almost carjacked somebody because I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to steal somebody's car. <laughs> you were that stressed. Well, it, it was worse because I really I started thinking about it. Now you gotta understand, I was like thirty four at the time, right? Our buddy, so I was in- our buddy, uh, we are fuck came in. He said the uh, passport story is what sold him when they yeah, they, they said yeah, they yeah. found the passport, which we will definitely get into that. That goes in that ties into Donner's wa- wallet. Right, right. So, so you know, you gotta understand what I'm thinking about, right? And I'm thinking downtown t- downtown is totally emaciated, but it didn't it didn't dawn on me until I saw Zeitgeist that it really wasn't destroyed down there. Some of the buildings got got some damage. And I didn't know about Building 7 until fucking Zeitgeist came out. And I was there, you know? Right, right. And that's the scary thing about Building 7 because you see the videos now. uh, And we'll play the audio of this one video where the construction workers come out. And uh, they're right there on video coming out of Building 7 going, get back, this building's going to blow up. Right. It's it's freaky, and and, and then the, you know you brought up the the uh, news report in the uh, in in Brit- Britain, England, talking about Building Seven falling, and it's right behind the girl right, in the yeah, picture. It's, right in, it's right. right in her fucking right behind her. You know, it's like what he, the hell? Let's let's just talk about the physics of this thing, right? Okay. And now we all everybody knows about the free fall speed and fell in its own footprint, but that's significant. You know, because if you really, st- and again, that was I've the st- most profound thing for me, for sure, 
was that was because this had to be force fed to me because I was <laughs> totally rejecting. I was like, nope, nope, nope. I was a complete ass about it. And when I finally like sat down after watching it over and over and over and then finally paying attention, I'm like, wait, yeah, no, that's right. Something can't just collapse at zero gravity straight down. Like it just doesn't happen ever no. for hey. any reason. There's well, no I mean, reason for it. Ask yourself a question. What was supposed to hit Building 7? Obviously, it blew up and it, it, it got blewed up. 93. Flight 93 was supposed to go into Building 7. Oh, and the one that crashed in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because they had to have it pre-wired to blow it. <clears throat> so they were planning on bringing that building down. Um, Dave, what were the documents they were covering in there? I know uh, the Pentagon, we had the missing $2 trillion that... Rumsfeld had uh, announced the day before 9-11 on 9-10. I forget what they were investigating. There was was some kind of um, federal investigation towards the stock market or something going on in Building 7. I can't remember. Guys in the chat box, if you remember exactly what it was, please let me know. I I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, what I know is that every alphabetical agency had an office in that building. Right. Uh, from what I understand, there was CIA, NSA, there was you know, FBI, all these fucking things that were in there. Now all the records destroyed. You know, and and I, I don't know if anybody knows this, but um, the World Trade Center hasn't been rebuilt yet. It's actually kind of close to it at this point. Yeah, not far World off. Trade Center, World Trade Center Seven was rebuilt within like two years. You know, like it was designed, like they had these plans already. And right. I, one of the things I got to talk about with the buildings and the way they fell. Mm-hmm. Right. Again. Having seen the gaping hole in the north side of that tower, right, and having seen the, the plane. Now, I, ne- I didn't actually see the physical plane hit the building because I was I was north. The plane came from the south. What I saw was the explosion to the other side, which is very well documented on video because at this point everybody's got a fucking camera pointed over there, right? Right. So, so it 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 it, it entered at one side and blew out the other side, and it was like five guys on the roof at this point. We're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and nobody kind of understood what the hell was going on. I was like, how did that happen? You know, like what went on? And now you understand. You start to think to yourself, all right. So if there's the fire there, and remember, I saw the fire from the north side, and I saw the fire on the south side. It, to me, and and I'm a relative, reasonably intelligent person. Right? Reasonably, to me, if if, if something would have happened uh, on, you know, if the fire was supposed to melt the, the the girders, the top half of the the the, the tower, which remember was sliced at an angle, right, would have slid no, slid off like a fucking uh, like the top of a ice a cream tree, cone, a melting ice, ice cream cone, there you go. exactly, and 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 we would have had three quarters of a building sticking up. It wouldn't have just fallen like they, they like the rug was pulling out from underneath. Oh, the pancake and, effect, Dave! It was the pancake effect. Come on. Yeah, but even still, the physics dis- tells you that. Okay, a force. Uh, what is that the thing? Uh, anyway, <laughs> it, it would it would it would take time. It was like it would be one two one two three four five six. And it would have stopped by the time it got down to like the seventieth floor, more than likely. Right, and there and there'd be you know all right. So the, but what, what the progression would, would not would keep be, going. Well, it would, there would be a, an accordion version of the World Trade Center there with the um, center column sticking up because, I don't know if you know this, those those buildings were designed to be hit by the biggest airline at the time in, in the, the 70s. 707. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and if you remember, in 19... Don't hold me to the date. I want to say 37. 
Yes, yeah, so I'm thinking 38, but yeah, something hit the uh, Empire State Building. Right. Uh, one of the largest planes of the time at that time, a twin-engine or uh, prop-driven aircraft, flew right in the side of the Empire State Building. They lost two floors. There was a big firefight that had to be done. The building didn't fall. Right. You know? So. Well, since then, no no buildings in history before or after have fallen from fire that, that were built in the same way. Right. Well, and you know, as I started researching 9-11, you know, I grew up in South Jersey, right outside Philly, spent a lot of time in Philly. We had a fire in Philadelphia, and it was in 1995, 6-ish, I want to say, and this fire burned. And it was a you know, 60, 70 floor building. It burned for 60 hours at least. I mean, this sucker burned for days. It was unbelievable. Guess you gotta what? You got to shut off your sounds in your computer. I've been hearing it for fucking an hour now. <laughs> Guess what? It oh. never fell down. I know. So, so, so right, here it is. You know, I'm a numbers guy and I'm an evidence guy. I don't like to hear. I, I try to remove hearsay and people's opinions and my own opinion. Or what you see in the sky. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I had a little thing in my throat there. <laughs> no, I actually, I use that, what's in the sky. I see nothing. All right? I see nothing that I, well. Right. Well, we'll get so into that I, later because I do want to bring that up because we're together and there's no chemtrails. I come home, there's fucking 800 million of them in the sky. <laughs> They were waiting for Dave to leave. <laughs> they were. They won't. They won't draw chemtrails when we're together because they know they'll never realize it. Then it, it never happens in his presence. <laughs> it's really strange. Big starburst, Dave. Hold your thought for a second. We do have a caller on the line. Um, we got the one and only Trucker Mike. Good evening, gentlemen, and Lexi. How are you? Ninety percent less wind. Okay. <laughs> What's going on, brother? Um, just get ready to visit my son. That's about it. Oh, oh, it's the weekend. You get to spend kid time. Yeah, I was hoping to be. I was hoping to be here this morning, but you know, didn't get in from California until almost dark. In from California, God, it's got to suck yeah. to travel into California and be stuck being a truck driver, and not being able to use the benefits of being in California. <laughs> Yeah, well, e e even if I wasn't stuck in a truck, being a truck driver and governed by the Federal Department of Transportation, I still cannot participate, even with a prescription. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure you called in to talk to us about 9-11, so I'd like to hear your thoughts. Oh, but of course. I um, I sort of had doubts. You know, I mean, when, when I first heard it, I heard it on the radio, happening live. And I was like, holy shit, of course, you know, it's all audio, and you're going by what they're reporting on the radio. And, and then when I started watching the videos, you know, I'm sitting here watching how they fall. I, I could not believe exactly what I was seeing. But I still sat there and accepted, without further research, what I was being told, even though I didn't believe what my eyes were seeing. And, and it was a conscious thought that uh, of disbelief, but I still accepted the reports. Um, once I uh, started investigating, you know, a couple of years ago, it, it wasn't nothing for me once I started seeing the evidence to put two and two together and realize that 
my my belief, my disbelief was not unfounded. Um, the the pancake theory that they gave was <laughs> completely impossible because with the time frame that it fell, and you can see it falling in free fall, there would have been delay between each floor as one floor hit another. Okay. You know, and there was no delay. There was nothing for one floor to hit another to create delay. It was too, 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 too. Um, like the explosion, as massive as it was, you could obviously tell that at least 95% of the fuel was burned up in the explosion. So it couldn't have been fuel sitting there running down, still being girders, to be able to burn on them. Because they, whatever fuel was gone in the explosions. Well, not even, not even just the fuel we saw coming out the back of the building, but you remember... Uh, a lot of people got burned on the ground floor from the fuel rushing down the um, elevator shafts. You know, a lot of there was a lot of reports of people on the ground floor being burned, windows being blown out. Was that caused by the jet fuel rushing down the elevator shaft, like they say, or was that caused by the bombs on the bottom floors weakening the structure? My personal belief, after hearing the reports of, of witnesses that worked in there, that worked in the sub levels that reported before the explosion above them, there was an explosion below them. Yep, I've heard that report. You have the sub-level. Yeah, it, it, it was the, the manager in charge of the maintenance department. Yeah, the gentleman that now uh, happens to... Uh, oh, no, he's not the dead one. That's the other guy, the black guy. He's no, still... He's the one that wrote, that, that's sort of been underneath Rosie O'Donnell's protection. She's the one who really brought, brought his story to light. Well, I wouldn't say she's the one that brought it to light because it was brought to light a long time ago, but maybe she's the one running with it now and, and using his story because his story was a big story uh, for a long time in the very beginning, and I mean 0405 time when Ledge and, and, uh, Ferrer, or Ledge and uh, Revere were really deep in this when they were doing their yeah. actions. You know, that's when that his... Rosie, at that time, that's when Rosie was the public figure that was standing behind him to give him the voice when nobody no, nobody else would. Gotcha. Because, you know, mainstream media was not going to give him a voice because it contradicted anything that they propagated. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, honey. I turned it off. I don't know what's going on. Well, obviously, you didn't. Oh. <laughs> Dave's going to like... There's, there's so much noise going on. Why are you going to focus on Lexi's? Just keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Trucker Mike. But I, um... And it wasn't hard for me to sit there and... Um, of, of course, you know, not everybody... Science was always easy for me in certain things. And, and I grasped certain things real easy. So it wasn't hard for me to follow the evidence and, and to understand the evidence that was being presented. And that's where a lot of people falter because, you know, you have to be able to think a certain way to be able to see things a certain way. And unless they have somebody who can sit there and explain and understand as things are going by and stop and, you know, it's explain how things work, not everybody's going still going to be able to grasp the evidence that's being presented to them as it's being presented. Um... Like the when when you look at the rubble and you see the basic steel beams at the base of the buildings after everything is collapsed and the dust is settled, and you see that they are all cut at the same height at a forty five degree angle. Yep. 
It's scary. And, uh-oh, here's uh-oh, the deal with that. that I, to go one way, one side they're cut to go the other way, so everything implodes within itself. It slides right on down. Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, we don't know if that was actually, if the, those 40, those because I've seen those cuts. Uh, we don't know if that's if that's d- due to uh, demolition or if that's due to that happened when it fell because most people don't realize that there was a lot of shit still standing afterwards and and I, and I could I could tell you from personal experience I had to do a service called downtown and I did not want to go now down by ground zero but I was really close and I could, it was actually one of the last they, they took down this last big section and they had been working for weeks at this point so you don't you do not know if it was done by thermite or if it was actually part of the r- removal process. What I can tell you, though, the removal process was that any time that there's any kind of issue like that, um, the FBI or, or, or investigative authorities come in and investigate. What they did there is they shipped all that shit out to a fucking Staten Island mm-hmm. and processed it. Uh, and they, they just they didn't process it in a crime way. They processed it as scrap metal. So they got no out investigation of went on whatsoever. Yeah, they wanted so, that shit gone. Right. Well... Yeah, but- you know, I, I've talked to a driver that worked for the company that, that trucked all that stuff out of there. And they paid for all the trailers that were used. And then they paid for new trailers that had to be replaced to haul more. And again and again and again. Every trailer that that hauled materials out of there had to be scrapped up, too, because they were all contaminated. That's what I was going to... That was my question I was going to ask. Why did they have to replace the trailers? What were they contaminated with that they needed to have disappeared? He doesn't know. He, he he doesn't know what they're contained. He just know they were all scrapped out, and piece of equipment that was used was replaced. Mm. Well, we're gonna have with us revisiting some past stuff. I, I'm gonna have to contact this gentleman again, uh, Jonathan Cole. Dave, you've seen the the videos I have up on YouTube from him, right? Uh, I don't know. He does the 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 thermite experiments where he actually does the controlled thermite that cuts. Oh yeah, I, I've seen so much shit about September 11 that I can't remember who did what. But uh, yeah, I have seen I've seen both uh, plus and minus. I've seen somebody said we, we took a girder and lit it on fire, and yes, it does bend, uh, mm-hmm. but it wasn't you know similar. Well, that was that was that was let's let's that was uh, MythBusters that did that one. No, it was before that. Oh okay, because MythBusters won't touch 9/11. That's in their in their things right. saying and directly they won't, do, they they won't, won't touch do, it. They won't touch RFID cards or RFID and credit cards either. Imagine but, that. Um, uh, oh, do you know how easy it is to make thermite? Very easy. As a matter of fact, um, I don't want to play the whole video because it's 14 minutes long, but I want to play a little bit of this guy's video. He actually lives about four miles from me, the man that made the video. Uh, he's, a architect and en- he's an architect and engineer for 9-11 Truth. So I want to play that. I also have a speech I want to play. So let's... Uh, Let's take a break here. Trucker Mike, let's have you uh, wrap it up. Uh, it's a little after 10. I want to take a break and get into some of this audio I want to play. Um, so get your last points here in about a minute and a half if you can. No, that was it. I was getting ready to tell you that I'm, I'm going to go ahead and grab, grab me a sandwich real quick, and I'm just around the corner from my son, so I really want to get and see him. But I do thank you for the time that you uh, you. you you gave me, and uh, y'all have a good evening. Well, and be- I, before and you go anywhere, Trucker, listen to the replay. Trucker Mike, before you go anywhere, let's, uh, you know, you're uh, you're working on some stuff yourself. Uh, you've built a very nice website. Um, you are an information hub. If people are looking for something, your site's probably a good place to go to find it. So let's uh, let's pimp your site, 
and uh, you know stuff like that while you're here. My my website is truckersfortruth.com. Um, my and that's no, no numbers, just truckersfortruth.com. Um, I also have a form which which you can link into which. You can sign up for, and there's many subjects. If you're a trucker and you want to talk about trucking, there's many trucking subjects, and there's many subjects on truth. And I really would like for people to get in there and start talking about things that they've learned so that way when new people come in, they've already got information from other individuals. Um, um, it, it's still a work in progress. I'm trying to get more information as I have time added on current news plus older news so that way the research that I've done will will be in there for people to to uh, access. And then, of course, if they want to follow me on Twitter, uh, on my Truckers for Truth Twitter, it's at Truckers for Truth with the number four, for, replacing the word four. And uh, you can follow, follow it on Facebook. Just search Truckers for Truth. Excellent, man. Well, hey, keep it out. Keep moving our product across the country for us. Go spend some time with your kid. Get a sandwich in your belly. And uh, be safe while you're out there, brother. Yeah, I want to say thank yep. you for your service, Mike. Um, it, it was my pleasure. I I I I I love my service, the camaraderie, what I've learned. Um, and I went in with the distrust for the government going into the Marine Corps, but that's besides the point. I, I've had a healthy distrust for my for my government since I was a kid. <laughs> hold hold on a second. Raised. I'm not thanking you for your service for for your military service. I'm thanking you for your service as a <laughs> truck driver. All right. As a truck driver, oh. you you are the guys that actually make shit happen here. The military, uh, another story, another night. <laughs> Not so oh, much. Man, that, that's no problem. It wasn't for the fact that I can't sit still. And I like to move around. I couldn't be a trucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, one other thing for those who listen to Rebel Inc. Uh, anybody who makes a purchase over ten dollars at Rebel Inc.'s site, rebelincmusic.com, they can save ten percent um, by you say, putting Truckers for Truth in as a promo code. There you go. All right, go pick up some Rebel Inc. merchandise. We'll be back for the second half of the first, the, the second hour of the first fifty-two in a minute. We'll talk to you soon. All right, good night.
touch, night, night I'm the voice of the bright, bright light That shit you see when you're crossing When the flesh concedes, we lost them And the angels walk like soldiers Cause it came to crush you over Game over, the crossroads are Gridlock, this is where lost souls are This level is purgatory Saving the devil and heard the story Listen to the level for the conversation With God for your salvation Your damnation, a transformation Were you truly a man Satan? Listen up, here's the voice of God Cause here's when you find out what your choices are If he sends you back, you do your cyber Cause y'all make packs with movie cyber Can y'all see it's not the hood Stop the bleeding, hot the blood When you help young G.C. God is good and from the intelhub.com you're listening to the first 52 on RAS Radio are chemtrail geoengineering programs changing our weather and destroying our environment why in the world are they spraying they want to create a storm in the southeast then they'll start engineering out over the north pacific that's where the trailies will be Find out why critics are calling Why in the World Are They Spraying, the most important film that is revolutionizing the environmental movement. Go to whyintheworldarethespraying.com for more information. It's just going to get worse until the point where we're not going to be able to grow anything at all unless it's a Monsanto genetically modified abiotic stress resistant seed. Why in the World Are They Spraying? New international version with languages available from around the world. Go to whyintheworldarethespraying.com for more information. It's all about money, and weather is another form of commoditizing, a way the Central Command Group can commoditize another form of our life. Why in the world are they spraying? And if you control the weather, you're going to control the planet. It's that simple. Molded 
right now are unconstitutional. Understand right now what you guys are told here is they will play effect throughout history. We are tired of these private Federal Reserve bankers who are running this country and destroying this country from the inside. The tyranny that they commit, they commit it against you and your family as well. You want to stand here as Americans because we know our founding fathers died for this very right. I declare this to be an unlawful assembly. I order all those assembled to immediately disperse. You must leave the immediate vicinity. If you remain in this immediate vicinity, you will be in violation of the Pennsylvania Crimes Code. No matter what your purpose is, you must leave. If you do not disperse, you may be arrested and or subject to other police action. Other police action may include actual physical removal, the use of riot control agents and or less lethal munitions, which could cause risk of injury to those who remain. And we're back. Welcome back to the first 52 on Raz Radio Live. Join us in the chat room at razradiolive.com forward slash chat. Give us a call. You want to join us? You want to tell us we're wrong? You want to agree with us? Whatever you want to do, give us a call. 941-421-0401. Don't forget the other great programming. Matter of fact, one of our other hosts is on the line with us tonight. Kevin Harris does the Week in Review Sundays at 7 p.m. Before that, you have... In focus with the shifty-eyed one, Shifty. Make sure you check him out. Saturdays, 1 p.m., we have uh, Guilty by Association with our buddy uh, Scott from St. Louis. He's getting better and better every week. I listen to him today. Great show today, brother. Keep it going. Uh, and Friday nights, we're going to have to see what happens with the ladies' room, but uh, we have Rob Revere, of course, at 9 o'clock. And we might be seeing the ladies' room as a live show here, continuing forward. They were fun. That was a good show. Yeah. Definitely a good show. Dave, Kevin, you guys there? Dave? Dave? Sorry, I had had my uh, mic muted. (laughs) Yeah, that that little button, you got to turn that back on every once in a while, just so you know. Glad to have you guys back with us. I'm reading an article about the Hernando Aviation Authority. Hernando being Hernando County, which is Brooksville, which is where Rob, Rob Revere at, uh, is out of. And that's a tiny little spot, and they're going to have fucking drones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's drones all over the place. I mean, one of the main uh, training facilities, uh, you remember the, the time we were um, on another show, and we were talking about the training facility up in Central Florida. That would look like a big pentagram when you looked at it from the satellite view. Yeah, I'm not so convinced it was a drone training thing. I think it was just a training area. Uh, but the pentagram I, was kind of unusual, though. It's when you when you do something on the ground, it doesn't look like a pentagram. All right, <laughs> it's only from the sky that it looks like a pentagram. Okay. Anyway. All right. It's for the aliens. It's for the it's so the aliens can find it. Right. Right. Yeah, I heard uh, your co. Uh, uh, Kevin, I heard your co-host uh, came around to the alien thought. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Uh, 
I got to find a new co-host. He's working now too much, so. Uh oh. <laughs> you need to find yourself your own foretoad. <laughs> yeah, go go find a guy that's actually you know that 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 that's hit the wall. That's that's going on disability, and uh, he's got he'll have all the time in the world to do your radio show. <laughs> yeah, and you can't have ours. You have to go find your own. Yeah, go find your own four toed. I got my own. <laughs> find the one with nine toes. That's hard. So. Yep, that's you can't have mine. <laughs> anyway, back to, back to the subject in ha- at hand. Uh, we talked about the basics of nine eleven. Um, in the first hour tonight. Now let's get into the true theories, the true things that make a difference with 9-11. Because we all know the story that 19 people hijacked some airplanes, flew them into these buildings, the buildings collapsed, they crashed one uh, in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and they flew one into the Pentagon. So these guys did something that um, even the... um, Japanese were afraid to do in the in the forties and fifties, which was attack American soil. Uh, it's not the Japanese; everyone's afraid to attack this country. Well, that's true. Good point. Not for good reasons, but yes, that is true. Right. Nobody's. We have more guns per capita than any other place on the planet, right? And nobody's going to attack us because it's similar to Sweden. Remember, you know, Sweden, Switzerland, Swiss Army knife, Swiss, Switzerland. Right. They have guns in every house. They have uh, rocket launchers. They have personal... What the fuck is going on with Kevin? <laughs> just keep talking. Don't worry about me, bitch. I, I, didn't know, I just looked down. I didn't know what the hell that was. I thought he was stripping for <laughs> a minute. He wanted us to see his titties. I thought somebody was... I thought some woman was doing a... a, a I saw a lot of flesh going on all of a sudden. It was titty shot time for Kevin. It it turns out it was the palm of his hand, but, you know, people, if you were watching that, that looked like there was some woman giving herself an exam with a mirror. Anyway. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Anyway. Can you readjust his fucking camera? What the hell was I talking about? (laughs) Talking about masturbating with the Swiss Army knife or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Swiss Army knives. Uh, Switzerland, uh, you know, nobody attacked, and, and, and it's proven. You could see when when Hitler was invading as many countries as he could, every country around Switzerland was invaded except for Switzerland. Why? Because he knew that he couldn't attack that place because everybody's armed. It's the same reason why nobody's going to attack here. We don't need the military as big as it, as it is now. We don't need to spend outspend everybody six to one in military might. What what we've what we've got now. And I'm going on. I'm being <laughs> Starburst. Yeah. What we've got now is exactly what the American government wants. We have the biggest, fucking baddest henchmen on the planet. Yeah. Well, which, I, and, and, and it came this way uh, because of September 11th. We've had so many freedoms taken away in the last 12 years than any other time in, in history or well, since, you know, 1787. That, well, that's what Hitler wanted also. That's why he confiscated guns. That's why they're trying to take our guns now because they know. They can't take control of this country as long as there's the amount of armed people as there is now. There's too many armed people for the banks to do what they want. And that's why they want our guns. That's why they had to do 9-11. That's why 9-11 had to happen to get us to where we sit today. To where we fear walking outside. We fear having to go through security to get on an airplane. We fear getting on a bus because we're afraid somebody's going to try to blow it up. We're going to the mall. Why, why should we fear any of these things? These are all things that we should be able to do as free people. And guess what? Shit's going to happen. If you happen to be there when it happens, 
the government's not going to save you from it. The government's not going to stop it. More than likely, the government's <laughs> going to be the ones doing it. it. Right. right, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and you still want think that we need government in our lives? Oh, let's not get in that argument. We're talking about 9-11. I don't want to debate that tonight. Because you know how I okay. feel about that, and I know how you feel about right. that, and I, I, right. I agree with okay. you. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I understand where you're going with this. Um, right. Exactly. All right. So let's let's look at let's look at who gained the most since 9/11. Was it Osama bin Laden and his uh, group of people? No. No. Because uh, with uh, if anything, you know, we've bombed the shit out of two or three different countries <laughs> over there and killed, you know. I think it's 1.7 million people in three different countries. And probably, a, people. And and probably a million of those people didn't even know about 9-11 when they died. Exactly. The, the, the success rate, whereas in, in World War II, the collateral damage rate was at like 10%. At this point, the collateral damage rate is 90%. In other mm-hmm. words, we only get 10% of the people that we want to get. 90% are just some people standing around. Um, but let's see. Yeah. There's, there's people I talk to on the radio, other shows I do, not to bring up the name now but i will promote the show later um hold on hold on a second did you do that show this week yeah i I did did. yeah i did do that show this week what day um on tuesday i didn't see it there but anyway okay well the example i threw out because we did talk about collateral damage we talked about um you know the the people we kill and the moral deficiency we have as a country when we're trying to be so moral and save all these people as as we're killing people, you know, hand over fist. And the example I put out, which is very relevant at this point in time, because legally our president thinks it's okay that if he feels it's important enough to take a drone, fly it over your car, and blow you up. So no to process. Right, exactly. So the point I brought up to this individual, Mr. Shannonburg. <clears throat> was what if you were that one driving in the car next to the person that was targeted by the U.S. government on U.S. soil? Well, it was a big deal to him then. He cared. It mattered. He didn't want it to happen. But if it was over there, it's okay. Right, exactly. And this this goes to to my thing is we don't need borders because it was over the border makes it okay. Uh, If there was no border, like if, if... All right. If we launched a rocket off and it landed in Toronto by accident and killed, you know, seven thousand people, we'd be like, uh, "Sorry, sorry." But if it but if it landed in Buffalo, New York, we'd be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> What's the difference? It's it, it, it's an imaginary line in the sand that people are freaked out about." Go ahead, Kevin. What yeah. were you going to say, Mr. Um, Spit? Hey, no, no, trust me, that's lung butter, brother. There's no spit involved there. <laughs> Oh, it's just yeah, trying to get rid of this cold. Uh, no, I was gonna say it's just the filthy Canadians who really cares about them. I mean, you know, it's that's the that, that's tied in what Dave's saying is like he said there's imaginary line right there. If it blows up in uh, Florida, I don't doesn't help hurt me in Arizona. What do I know? What do I care? You know? Well, it would. I mean, why do we care about all these fucking kids that died in Connecticut? Because we're Americans. If the same thing happened in again Quebec or Toronto, we'd be like, "Oh, that sucks," but nobody would be yelling to take the guns away right. because it happened within the confines of the border of the contiguous United States. All of a sudden, everybody gives a shit. And it and it's amazing how it happens. That that uh, that article you commented on that I posted today about how um, what was it? One hundred percent of these shooters over the past couple of years have all been um, left leaning, yeah, left leaning Democratic progressives. 
That was interesting. Yeah, and if it, like you said, if it's true, that's a, 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 something we need to think about. Why is the people that want our guns the same people that are doing the things that make them want our guns? Fucking Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking politicians. It's not the Democrats that are taking the guns away. It's not the conservatives. It's not the libertarians. It's the people in charge. It's the elected professional uh, uh, politicians. It has nothing to do because we all know it's two heads of the same snake. All right, we drifted right? off again, gentlemen. Yeah, Dave's defending uh, that. I'm just making a, a comical uh, whim there. I, I hate them all too. So, it's... well, we all hate them. They all suck. I want you guys to listen to this. Um, it's a, it's, it's lengthy. So just sit tight. Uh, this is a speech by Robert Welk. In 1958. I requested this. Yeah, Lexi wanted to hear this, and I think everybody needs to listen to this. Remember, this is from 1958. Uh, There is some uh, words in it, so I will be reading them out to you, and I'll try to keep up with them as quick as I can, because you all know how well I read. Oh, wait, you're going to do that? Get your drinks out. All right. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. wait. All right, here we go. The following presentation was assembled from Mr. Welsh's two speeches at the JBS Council Dinner in L.A. on March 9, 1974. In his first speech, Mr. Welsh quotes from himself from the 1958 JBS founding meeting about the insider's long A range. part of that plan, of course, is to induce the gradual surrender of American sovereignty, piece by piece and step by step, to various international organizations of which the United Nations is the outstanding but far from the only example. Now here are the aims for the United States. One, greatly expanded government spending for every conceivable means of getting rid of ever larger sums of American money as wastefully as possible. Two, higher and then much higher taxes. Three, an increasingly unbalanced budget, despite the higher taxes. Four, wild inflation of our currency. Five, government controls of prices, wages, and materials, supposedly to combat inflation. Six, greatly increased socialistic controls over every operation of our economy, and every activity of our daily lives. This is to be accompanied naturally and automatically by a correspondingly huge increase in the size of our bureaucracy and in both the cost and reach of our domestic government. Seven, far more centralization of power in Washington and the practical elimination of our state lines. There is a many-faceted drive at work to have our state lines eventually mean no more within the nation than our county lines do now within the states. Eight, the steady advance of federal aid to and control over our educational system, leading to complete federalization of our public education. Nine, a constant hammering into the American consciousness of the horror of modern warfare the beauties and the absolute necessity of peace 
Peace always on communist terms, of course. And ten, the consequent willingness of the American people to allow the steps of appeasement by our government, which amount to a piecemeal surrender of the rest of the free world and of the United States itself. I guess I should turn that on. Next, in his second speech at the 1974 Council Dinner, Mr. Welsh looks 15 years into the future. Wait, 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 before you play it again. Oh, go ahead. Do you think this guy was thought of as a kook in his time, or do you think that people supported him? Or why did, Why is this, why are we listening to something that's 70 years old, and it, it's, it rings true today uh, as well as, like, Ron Paul. Like, most people think Ron Paul's a fucking kook. Go ahead, Ben. Well, it, I mean, you'll have to hear it in the rest of its completion, but he's kind of outlying the way he sees it, and then he puts forth what he envisions if it's not corrected and sort of lays out, I mean, you'll hear the rest of it, but he sort of lays out how we should go about it, and you have all these people standing up and clapping, and you can't see the video, but he's standing in this huge banquet hall in front of a podium and there's all these people all dressed all nice and he's got his tux on and he's part of the john burr society it's it was like a huge function and he had all this support and what the hell happened we're talking 50 years ago that's really not it i mean that's really not that long ago where he was proposing he foresaw then i we're headed to huge mass destruction like this is what we can do right now well, and here we are sitting been, in the shit. Well, many people have stated this the, this fact. I mean, uh, what's-his-face talked about the military-industrial complex? Um, Eisenhower. Eisenhower. And then uh, that guy, Smedley Butler, who was in nope. the, the World War. And if you read his book... General Smedley Butler, thank you. General sure. Smedley Butler, right, which is a really funny name, but the, <laughs> it doesn't... And it's a really short book. If anybody wants it... Email me. I got it on PDF. I could send it to you. I read the book in 15 minutes. If I could read the book in 15 minutes, anybody can. Everybody else, you're uh, down to like two and a half minutes probably. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Right, exactly. You know, if it takes me that long, right. Everybody else, it's a, it's a pamphlet. Um, <laughs> but he talks about the World War because, you know, of course, there was no World War II yet, so he just calls it the, the Great World War. Hey, hold on, um, hold on to that about Smedley. Let's get through this because I'll play the Smedley clip because I have that here. So let let let's get into Smedley in a second because I, I do let's talk about him because all this that we're talking about relates to what we're looking at today and what they've actually accomplished that has been stopped in the past. I mean the, these exact programs that are happening to us today, fifty years ago, sixty years ago, seventy years ago, people stood up and stopped it. And nobody's got the the fortitude to stand up and stop it now, and that's the problem. That's what we're seeing. We're looking at these old videos, and you go, "What's the? Why are we watching this old video? What's the difference between what he's saying now and what we're saying today?" Because then people actually f- took the guts to stand up and do something about it. Where apparently not, apparently not, because if that were the case, we wouldn't be where we were today. Now they they've been able to pussify us. 
They've they've taken the drive out no, of us. No, no, no. They've, they've beat been able us to down. Crucify you, and I don't mean you specifically. I mean I'm the royal. Say, I'm gonna come through with motherfucking camera. I'm no pussy about this shit. I don't fucking pay taxes. I I resist whenever I can. I don't. I, I sleep at night because I know my money's not going to fucking fund the bombs that kill brown children all over the fucking world. All right. Um, never mind. Just keep going. <laughs> all right. Let's play the rest of this clip here. Uh, let me bring that back up and hit that button there. So brush the insider's dust out of your eyes, my friends, and the communist soap suds out of your brain. And ask yourselves in all honesty, what on earth is wrong with the United States simply minding its own business? Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's wrong with that? Hallelujah. They don't hate us for our freedom. They hate us because we're fucking... Or with having its foreign policy function primarily for the safety and benefit of the American people. (laughs) Which is exactly what we had done for the first 140 years of our existence as a nation to the incredible advantage of ourselves and everybody else. Everybody, that is except a numerically small clique of power-lusting conspirators who had somehow inflicted themselves on a gullible world. While we turn to a very brief summarization of what we hope the John Birch Society will help and even sometimes lead the American people to accomplish during the next 15 years. One, our first and most important specific undertaking should be to restore the complete independence of the United States. This... This includes our resolution to get us out of the United Nations Uh and get the United Nations out of the United States. Sounds good, doesn't it, Dave? Dave? Sounds good. It's all the same bullshit. So somebody grandstanding, nothing Two, fucking we happens. Must this is what, in the late 50s? Nothing. Our money freely redeemable in gold at some sense. realistic price. Gold currency. Oh, wouldn't that make sense? A gold-backed currency? And we must take all practicable legislative steps to prevent a recurrence of the enormous thievery and other subversive crimes that have been perpetrated on the American people through a contrived inflation by every president from Franklin Roosevelt to Richard Nixon. Three. That'd be in the Federal Reserve. <clears throat> Just saying. Three. We should reduce the number of government bureaus, of government civilian employees, and the whole quantity of government by at least 50%. And reduce the size of the federal government by 50%. Hmm. Who said that? And we should achieve at least this much reduction in proper Who's fucking shit's going on? gradually off? convincing a majority of the American people of the wisdom of such a course. Four, we should withdraw all American troops from every spot on earth that is not American soil, except when and where such troops may be required as decided by Congress to protect American lives and property from criminal vandalism. Five. What the fuck? All right, shut that shit off. I don't, stop Five. the show. I don't, give, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Who's got to stop that shit? Just stop it right the fuck now. Oh, Dave, are you having a tantrum? Yeah, well, dude. 
You know technical yeah, issues are a fucking little pet peeve of mine. I know. How can we have a fucking radio show going off with where, where, where there are fucking chat messages? Bloop. I don't know where they're coming from. Oh, I know where they're coming Bloop. from. Oh, now he knows where he's coming. Well, uh, you now might be involved in it. Into the show. Are you on Facebook also, sir? I am, but guess what? I shut off my fucking chat messages. Oh, hey, God, somebody, somebody, Kevin, shoot me a message and listen. You won't hear it because I shut it off six months ago when I started this fucking show. <laughs> All right. Dave's on Four Locos. That, that We have to have a Four yes, Loco disc- disclaimer for Dave. <laughs> this is true. Here, everybody, here it is. There's oh, the proof of the, it. Hit the mic cable. It's empty, too. <laughs> it's empty, too. I have another, I, I have another one. Yeah, look. Mike just, yep, see, Mike just all right, texted all right, me all right, and nothing right. came up. I got you, it's me. All right, anywho. Guy running the show. <laughs> Mute conversation. There you go, thank you, Kevin. Test, nothing, nobody heard anything. Mute, I'm muted, I'm muted, I'm muted. Okay, we're all good it now. It only took can, you can we an finish? hour and 45 fucking minutes. Shut up, are you ready to finish the video? No, I want to talk about you and your sounds and how you can't keep shit together. <laughs> right, go ahead, go. All right, thank you. Let me back it up a little bit here because you were ranting there for some of it. <laughs> so we're at um, get the government. Wait, uh, get the government. Government out of the areas and functions and activities where government does not belong. So it's again, get the government out of where it does not belong. Again, all steps to this end should be taken gradually. No, ser- right, no seriously. But nevertheless, pause just pause it right- for a second. Pause it for a second. We're pause. Let me ask this poignant question, or what I think is poignant. Where I don't know if he can answer you though, but okay. Where does government belong? In wherever the Constitution says it belongs. Okay. So, where does that? Where is that? Is it... (laughs) Is the IRS a constitutionally uh, authorized place? Thing? Is the FBI, is the CIA, is the NSA, is any other alphabetical thing a constitutionally (laughs) authorized... uh, program no it is not right so they shouldn't be there yes but everybody wants it to be there everybody wants you to pay taxes and pay their fair share meanwhile that is not constitutionally authorized but they don't get the free shit if we don't then it's not free how do we get off if it's paid by somebody else all right air is free right that's it everything else is paid for by some it, it might be at no cost to you but it's not free not for long. It's not going to be free. We're going to have to pay carbon taxes to, to breathe free air or to, yeah, to breathe you're clean You're going to pay air. carbon taxes when you're, when you're hanging out in this country. You'd be in a Honduras. I ain't going to be paying shit. I'm going to be paying property tax. I ain't going to be paying sales tax. I ain't going to be paying shit. There's only, there's only uh, two minutes left, so sit tight for a minute. Let's get through this all the way through because I, I want it all heard because this is Lexi's thing. She's sitting over there all quiet and letting you rant between it. There's a request for me to drink a second Four loco. Uh-oh. You better do it then. All right. Be quiet for a second. No, no. I'll be, well, actually, I might because that'll put me to sleep. Right, you want to see Dave be quiet? Watch. Oh, Dave's quiet. Rapidly, as enough of the American people can be persuaded to support such progress. Any such achievement will require a truly massive educational force but that's exactly what we hope to build during the next 15 years. We could go ahead for at least 100 numbered items, but the John Birch Society will undoubtedly be working on more than that many specific projects, which will be laid out in its bulletins before another 180 months will have rolled around. 
And all of them will fit into, all of these projects will fit into the general pattern indicated by the five major objectives listed above. So let's really wind up this marathon monologue with one final thought. None of us can guarantee anything about what the future will bring. Your speaker knows what a job we have before us to rid our country of the scourge of communism within the next few years and then to go ahead on our constructive program so well that 15 years from now we shall already be entering an era of far less government, of a much sounder sense of responsibility and, with God's help, of a better world. But I sincerely believe that it can be done, and this much I know, that every man and woman in this audience should leave here tonight feeling in his or her own mind and heart that it can and must be, do must be done, then it surely will be. And so, all of you patriots of good character, good conscience, and noble ideals, whom we can reach with the filmed version of this speech in a thousand other audiences, it is with a great deal of confidence and energizing will to win that we invite you to join us in our epic undertaking. While to all of you great, wonderful friends in this present audience, I certainly extend my very deep thanks indeed for so much patience and attention. Thank you and good night. So there he goes. Gentleman passed away in 1985. Dave, I think that's a lot of the problem we have now is um, there are no true patriots left. Bullshit. First of all, patriotism is a, is a bullshit word, but, but, but there, are, there are a number of people that think that his way. There, there's a whole Austrian school of economics in Atlanta, Georgia, that think this way. And the problem is, is that there's not enough. And this is why I don't like collectivism. This is why, because it never works. The bad always wins. And you st the, the sooner you start to realize that, the sooner you start to realize that, you, the best way for the, for, for the world to be is to just be in charge of your own life. Just be. You know, don't let anybody, don't elect anybody to represent you and, and, and force their will upon other people or your will upon other people. Um, Oh God! I hear myself echoing because you will not fucking mix minus. I'm not echoing at this end, so just keep going. I know you're not echoing at this at your end because you're not the end that mix min that needs mix minus. <laughs> He's gonna yell at me about mix minusing again. All right, continue. Uh, go ahead. Continue. You're on a rant there. You you unranted yourself. Well, here's the thing. When, Kevin's when, crying. Look, you made Kevin cry. <laughs> the the allergy is in this fucking cold, dude. Oh, I know, dude. I, it's horrible. Coming out of every porous in my body. It sucks. Dave. So what are we talking about? World Trade Center 7? <laughs> he goes back to that. Thur thermite? Thermite, World Trade Center. Well, the point we were trying to make here is that this has been going on for a long time. That this is not something that just started. They've been building and working on this for... I mean, it's, it's not even, you know, yesterday or 50 years ago. This is 100, 200 years old, um, if not more. Yeah. If not more. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And let me ask you this. How... All right, so they've been working on this for millennia, all right, or 
what's the word for hundreds of years? Centuries. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> millennia. All right. So they've been, oh yeah, millennia is a thousand This is years. back Centuries. to the dinosaur age. All right, yeah, all right, whatever. Uh, for loco. <laughs> Centuries they've been working on this, all right? Since seven, the 1750s when the fucking Rothschilds uh, came into power in uh, England. Mm-hmm. All right, this is what they've been working on. They've been working on domination. Right. All right, and, and, and control over everything. And the way you control somebody is through money. All right, so then what you got to do is you got to make the people look. None of us like mon- monopolies, and we think that the government is good by, by breaking up monopolies. Like they broke up AT&T in the 70s, and the, uh, they, break, they were breaking up all these other things. But the government has monopolies on the core issues, such as money. You can't use any other money except government-issued money. Now, if the government has a monopoly on money, the government also has control of this and can do with it as it pleases, such as QE1, QE2, and QE infinity, which Inflated is going Inflated as right they now. need. Inflated to make it, it valuable to them, but it kills the value to us. Well, here's the thing, is when they inject you know, $100 billion into the, into the system, uh, they get to spend the $100 billion at the old price. But meanwhile, when the $100 billion goes through the system, that's when it gets devalued. So they get to spend it at current market value. It's when it trickles down to us that means that our, our bread and corn and gas and fucking heating oil is higher in price. Um, I think if most people started to find out how the, how the money system works, we would have a revolution. But the thing is, it is difficult. It's taken me years to comprehend and again, I'm I th- I consider myself a somewhat intelligent guy. And I think and Ferris would disagree with you 100 percent because him and I argued for an hour while we were stuck in traffic driving from the frickin' condo to pick up my car at the studio about economics and about and and I argued kind of your direction, and he argued the opposite direction, and he made right, good points. Well, most people are Keynesian economics uh, economists, all right. They think that that in order for you, here's the con. The concept is true of Keynesian economics: is if people spend money, the economy gets better. But the thing is, is that Keynesian economics thinks that the government should spend government should spend other people's money to make things happen, and that's that's not true. Right. You know, if you if I owned a business and I made widgets, right. And the government came to me and said, I'll give you $100,000 a year tax credit, but you have to hire four people right, at $25,000 a year to do whatever. It's not going to increase my bottom line because, in other words, I still need to sell X amount of widgets. And having four more people on my payroll is not going to make me sell X amount of widgets more. What has to happen is that the money has to go into the people's hands the taxpayers' hands, they have to get more money, and they're going to want to buy more widgets from me. Not having guys that which that makes you want to make hire more people and make more widgets. Exactly. Right. It, that's where that's where the stimulus truly comes from is from the people, not from the companies. But what happens is is you give me a hundred thousand dollar tax credit, right, to hire four people, and I fire them after a year because nothing happens. I still get the hundred thousand dollar tax credit. So you see how the system is is designed to fuck to, you over. Well, it, it doesn't fuck me over as an as a as a company owner, but it fucks the little people. It, it fucks the taxpayers over, and they take it. They're just as bad as the slaves were two hundred years ago, 
and you know you got the you got the you got the field slaves and you got the house slaves. The house slaves didn't like the field slaves because the field slaves would cause shit for the house slaves. The house slaves had it nice. They had a roof over their head. They got food. They got they didn't get beat up as bad as the other ones. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, you guys out there in the field got to shut the fuck up because my gig over here is nice. I don't want to do what you're doing. And that's exactly what's happening in, in, in this country, not just in this country, but in every country. And I, I listen to a lot of financial shows. Really? And, yeah, there's a lot of shit going on in England and in Greece and in well, Germany. Well, yeah, look at, look at Greece. Greece is, oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry, I caught a yawn there. Uh, Am Greece I is, you? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, Greece is, has totally done a revolt. They've put the bankers in jail, just like Iceland. That's, it, it's not Greece. It's Iceland. That's Iceland's the only one. Greece nope. is just throwing throwing fucking uh, Molotov cocktails because they. Here's the thing: is they're so hooked up onto the government teat that they don't like it getting turned off. So they're they're fighting to to get the the the, te- the, 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 the money flowing again. Meanwhile, they're the ones that are fucking everything up. And the same things happen in this country. We want this. We want that. We want who's going to build the roads? Who's going to do this? Medicaid, Medicare. Welfare, you didn't build that public. road. <coughs> You didn't build that road, says the guy who's on <laughs> all <government> the dole. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, I want to play this Smedley Butler uh, speech, and then we're going to go into a break, and then we'll come out of that break and wrap up the last hour, and then we get the fun hour. Yeah, <laughs> the call. Maybe we'll get some phone calls. That would be nice. You guys, uh, give us a call in the third hour because you probably won't hear from us before the third hour. So give us a call in the third hour, 941-421-0401. After the break, we're going to hear what Smedley Butler had to say. Uh, this was from 1916, I believe, somewhere around there. The date's not on the on the video here. But uh, it's a long time. This is a reenactment, of course. I was going to say, they had cameras back then. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> But this is his true speech. It's from the text of his speech. Re-enacted. It's not his true speech. It's a reenactment Today, of his true Major speech. General Smedley Butler had these words to say at the National BFW. Oh, War is a racket. It always has been. It is possibly the oldest, easily the most profitable, surely the most vicious. It is international in scope. It is the only one in which the profits are reckoned in dollars and the losses in lives. There are only two things we should fight for. One is the defense of our homes and the other is the Bill of Rights. War for any other reason is simply a racket. It may seem odd for me, a military man, to adopt such a comparison. Truthfulness compels me to. I spent 33 years and four months in active military service as a member of this country's most agile military force, the Marine Corps. I served in all commissioned ranks from second lieutenant to major general. And during that period, I spent most of my time being a high-class muscle man for big business, for Wall Street, and for the bankers. I suspected I was just part of a racket at the time. Now I am sure of it. I helped make Mexico safe for American oil interests in 1914. I helped make Haiti and Cuba a decent place for the National Citibank boys. I helped in the raping of half a dozen Central American republics for the benefits of Wall Street. I helped purify Nicaragua for the international banking house of Brown Brothers in 1910. I brought light to the Dominican Republic for American sugar interests in 1916. 
In China, I helped to see to it that Standard Oil went its way unmolested. <laughs> Looking back on it, I feel I could have given Al Capone a few tips. The best he could do was operate his racket in three districts. I operated on three continents. A racket is best described, I believe, as something that is not what it seems to the majority of the people. Only a small, inside group knows what it is about. It is conducted for the benefit of the very few at the expense of the very many. In the World War, a mere handful garnered the profits of the conflict. At least 21,000 new millionaires and billionaires were made in the United States during the World War. How many of these war millionaires shouldered a rifle? How many of them dug a trench? How many of them knew what it meant to go hungry in a rat-infested dugout? How many of them spent sleepless, frightened nights ducking shells and shrapnel and machine gun bullets? Out of war, nations acquire additional territory if they are victorious. They just take it. This newly acquired territory promptly is exploited by the few, the self-same few who wrung dollars out of blood in the war. The general public shoulders the bill. It would have been far cheaper and safer for the average American who pays the bills to stay out of foreign entanglements. For a very few, this racket, like bootlegging and other underworld rackets, brings fancy profits. But the cost of operations is always transferred to the people who do not profit. Take the World War. It cost the United States taxpayer some $52 billion, and we haven't paid that debt yet. And we won't. Ultimately, it's the soldier who pays the biggest part of the bill. If you don't believe this, visit the American cemeteries on the battlefields abroad, or visit any of the veterans' hospitals in the United States. Napoleon once said, All men are enamored of decorations. They positively hunger for them. So, by developing the Napoleonic system, the metal business, the government learned it could get soldiers for less money. Because the boys liked to be decorated. Until the Civil War, there were no medals. Then the Congressional Medal of Honor was handed out. It made enlistments easier. In the World War, we used propaganda to make the boys accept conscription. They were made to feel ashamed if they didn't join the army. So vicious was this war propaganda that even God was brought into it. With few exceptions, our clergymen joined in the clamor to kill, kill, kill. To kill the Germans, God is on our side. It is his will that the Germans be killed. And in Germany, the good pastors called upon the Germans to kill the Allies, to please the same God. Beautiful ideals were painted for our boys who were set out to die. This was the war to end all wars. This was the war to make the world safe for democracy. No one mentioned to them as they marched away that their going and their dying would mean huge war profits. Thus, having stuffed patriotism down their throats, it was decided to help make them pay for the war too. So we gave them the large salary of $30 a month. All they had to do for this munificent sum was to leave their dear ones behind, give up their jobs, lie in swampy trenches, and kill, and kill, and kill. And be killed. He's rolling up his sleeves. War is a racket, all right. And the only way to smash this racket is to conscript capital, industry, and labor before the nation's manhood can be conscripted. Let all the officers, directors, high-powered executives, all the workers, managers, bankers, and yes, all the generals, admirals, officers, and all politicians, 
all government office holders, everyone in the nation, be restricted to a total monthly income, not to exceed that paid to the soldier. Why shouldn't they? They aren't running any risk of being killed or having their bodies mangled or their minds shattered. The soldiers are. Give capital, industry, and labor 30 days to think it over, and I think you will find by that time there will be no war. Another step necessary in the fight to smash the war racket is the limited plebiscite to determine whether a war should be declared. A plebiscite not of all the voters, but merely of those who would be called upon to do the fighting and dying. There wouldn't be very much sense in having the president of a munitions factory or the head of an international banking firm or the manager of a uniform manufacturing plant all of whom see visions of tremendous profits in the event of war, hmm. voting on whether the nation should go to war or not. Hmm. They never would be called upon to shoulder arms. Only those who would be called upon to risk their lives for their country go on. should have the privilege of voting to determine whether the nation should go to war. That would smash the war racket. That and nothing else. The next war, according to experts, will be fought not with battleships, not by artillery, not with rifles, and not with machine guns. It will be fought with deadly chemicals and gases. But victory or defeat will be determined by the skill and ingenuity of our scientists. If we put them to work making poison gas and more and more fiendish mechanical and explosive instruments of destruction, they will have no time for the constructive job of building a greater prosperity for all peoples. By putting them to this useful job, we can all make more money out of peace than we can out of war. So, I say, to hell with war!
American people allow private banks to control the issuance of their currency, first by inflation and then by deflation. The banks and corporations that will grow up around them will deprive the people of all their property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. Thomas Jefferson. This is Jordan Page. You're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio. Corrupted police 
Hour number three of the first 52. Give us a call, 941-421-0401. Tell us what you're thinking, what you're feeling. During our break, we we came across some uh, news that we wanted to share. We wanted to see how Dave felt about some shit going on in his own backyard. Wonder if he knew about it yet. So we're going to bring that up to Dave here as I pod him back up. You there, brother? Yeah, I'm here. I had to turn my mic back on. Good thing you remembered this time. But it's the big, the big red X through the microphone kind of. Uh, <laughs> <me off> to <laughs> that. So, honey, what did you find? Okay, so across the nation, the FAA will very soon approve six sites for drone testing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, there are airports that can opt in to be considered for that. Hernando County being one of them. <laughs> so I'm just saying. The Tampa Didn't Bay- I say that earlier in the show that I said Hernando County is... <laughs> I don't recall that. I did. I said it because I said, here's what I said. Rob Revere's country uh, in Brooksville is looking to get drones. Said it at the beginning of the show. So, yeah, I'm aware of it. I haven't actually read the... Th- but here's the thing. All right. All right. Let's, let's, let's put aside the drone issue for a second. Let's, let's bring up the dreaded gun control thing. Okay. Right. <laughs> our, <laughs> Kevin's growling right. in the background. Our issue with the people that are trying to take away high-capacity magazines and, and semi-automatic weapons, our, our thing is it's a tool, Right. It's not what the, you know, it's what the person behind the tool does to it, right? But yet, the flip side of that is that now all these people are talking about drones. Drones, drones, drones are bad. It's not the drones that are bad. It's the people it's the flying. people behind it, exactly. So here, and I've said this before on this show, it's like, big fucking deal, drones. We already have satellite imagery because... You can go on Google Maps right now and zoom right down into your fucking driveway and see the stickers on your on your back window, right? There are police helicopters. I don't have any stickers on my back window. What are you talking about? I've seen them myself. Don't right? spread well. You're, li- spread you're lying. <laughs> even, even your wife's car's got stickers on. That's how, I, that's how I spotted it in fucking Ybor City last week. Um, uh, drones keep crossbow crossbows from misfiring. That's a double rob setup right there. Um, you guys saw that that his kid got. Oh, you weren't even up there two weeks ago. Anyway, well, yeah, I so, know what happened though. But yeah, continue. So, so we have satellites, we have helicopters, we have aircraft, we have surveillance. There's already surveillance planes from the 40s that have been flying around over other countries. What the makes U2. you think they're not flying around over here? Exactly. What makes you think they're not here? What's the big deal about drones? Everybody's focusing on the tool, and everybody gives a pass to the fucking people behind it, which is the government. <laughs> Pay attention to the tool behind the tool. Right. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. There's some shithead behind there, and it's likely your son, my son, our neighbors, our relatives. It's like it's most likely these people are being trained for there. Did you know that there's a drone teaching school now? High schools and colleges teach you how to fly remote-controlled airplanes. It's a curriculum that you can get in school. You can get a, a fucking degree in remote <laughs> control killing. I'm not shitting. I know you. you're not. I know you're not. But do you know? Do you know? There's a company that has come out with, and they haven't really discussed what the technology is. 
but they've come out with a technology they're going to sell to private citizens to protect themselves from drones that'll deactivate the drone in their area. Bullshit. That's that that security theater. Nothing can protect you from drones. Right? I'm just you know telling you what I read. You don't get fucking get mad at me, man. What the fuck? You also read about chemtrails. Doesn't mean they're right. Well, no, I see chemtrails. That's the big difference. You want to get in the chemtrail debate right now? Really? No. Okay. I do not. Good. I do not. Good. I'll shut the fucking microphone <laughs> off. <laughs> All right. So we started this discussion about 9/11. <clears throat> We've gotten through a lot of different things, and we played some clips to bring the point that this is not new. They've just advanced their game. They've stepped up the pace at what they're moving at. And that's the problem we're seeing right now, is that stepped-up pace. And, and does that make any, everything worse, because they've stepped up the aggression? No, it makes it more visible. It gives us the opportunity to bring it to light to more people because it's so blatantly obvious what they're doing right now. It's not it's not the covert BS that they've pulled over the past. You know, it's not the, the, the little games they've played. They're just blatantly doing stupid shit. They're saying they, they can kill us here if they want to. They're blatantly doing shit. But they're 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 saying it too openly right now. They're 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 announcing, hey, we're going to kill you if we feel the need to, because you're a security threat, whether you're on U.S. soil or not. So, wait a minute. You didn't think that that was happening beforehand? Not so openly. Not so, not so obviously. Openly. No, no, not openly to your eyes. But the right. shit was happening. Alright, let's, 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 let's go back in history a little bit. Who do you think had a hand in JFK's assassination? CIA. Elements of the federal government. Okay, so that was, what, 62, 63? Yeah. yeah. Openly done it, did it, right? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Right. Who do you think had, a, had a, 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 a helping hand in, let's say, Lincoln's assassination? More than likely the government. I'm not so or sure. Or the banks, the banks, let's say. Well, when I say government, I mean the banks. I mean, remember, in my mind... You know, you forget, I think, in my mind, when I say government, I mean the elite powers ruling. I don't mean us. I don't mean the U.S. government. I mean the people ruling it. You know you know how we agree on persistent contrails, right? <laughs> yeah. We just would like, all right, let's just call it persistent contrails. All right, so let's just call instead of We agree on those so well. <laughs> let's just say, instead of the government or the bankers, let's just say the people in charge. Okay, that works. Right? We can do that. It's really irrelevant who it is. It's just it's somebody fucking us is what it is with no Vaseline. Hey, if you guys want to give us a call, by the way, 941-421-0401. Why don't you ever give out the Skype name? Oh, yeah. If you want to Skype us, Raz Radio 1, you're welcome to Skype us. If, if that be easier, cheaper, just sound better, whatever, you're welcome to. you got to send us a request first, though. I had uh, to approve my own uh, fucking request on there. What are you talking about? <laughs> 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 Kevin, what's your thoughts on what's your thoughts on what we're talking about here? Which part? I don't know any of it. I mean, you're kind of sitting back there suffering through a cold. I know what it's like to do a show on a cold because I cut one short once. Still is in the archives. Has never been broadcast again. <laughs> I'm kind of with Dave on the drones. As you know, they have satellite satellite imagery. They have all that stuff, which is people like Rob are kind of smart and myself because we're in the middle of fucking nowhere and they don't. You know, personally, they don't worry about me. They worry about big mecca population centers for that kind of stuff. 
and people like that cop that went ape shit in California. Well, whatever. Wait, wait, before you say that though, keep in mind that drones have been used to monitor cattle farmers in Texas, Arizona. Yeah, it, was, it was like uh, Montana or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean, keep, See, my personal perspective out here where I'm at, I have a place to go, and they will not get to me where I can go. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh no, trust me. This the, the, this desert out here is very unforgiving. You can see people coming for ten, twenty miles. And what are, you gonna, what are you going to do? You're going to take out a two-two-three and fucking fire off a shot at, at a, a thousand yards? Nope, I'm going to hunt, drink water, and just uh, survive. Well, I'm saying if they if they want if they want to see if they want you they will get you. Make no bones about it. They get everybody. I mean, shit. Even if you buy into the whole fucking Bin Laden thing, they got him too. Yeah, he's probably dead for years. Yeah, he was dead well before that. But yeah, that's a whole nother. Yeah, let's no, speaking think, of let's get back in the ni- wait, let's get back in the nine eleven for a minute because we we've we've starburst. Oh yeah, let Kevin go ahead and finish, brother. Sorry. I mean, Dave's right. If they put a, a, a target on your back, they're gonna get you. But like, stay off the radar is my whole thing. I mean, fight the good fight. But I'm not gonna sit there and get my name out in the media that I want to you know the government to end because they will end me. Well, being on my show is not staying out of the media because I've had Israel listening and 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 different countries over there listening to my show so you're not off the radar brother yeah if they want to come get me i got about 120 uh, ak-47 rounds i'll kill someone before they get me <laughs> do you really think that's the best way of doing it no but no. I mean, if they come knocking on my front door with tanks and shit like that what choice do you have uh, oh, somebody's skyping in. Yeah, with the noise still on. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's supposed yeah, to be won't, on. He won't change that. that yeah, I, I know. That we got to do something know. about that. I know. Hey, Come we on. got uh, three five two giving us a call. How you doing, buddy? Yes, I was calling about your uh, on nine eleven. Wasn't it during the Clinton administration when someone put a? It was like a car bomb that went off in the World Trade Center. Yeah, nineteen ninety two, the first world or ninety three. I'm sorry, the first World right, Trade yeah. Center attack. Um, which yes. has actually been, and there is audio that was recorded by the man that was involved with the explosions of the FBI giving him the explosives, explosives to do that. So, again, that was another false flag set up by our government. Go ahead, Dave, I well, see you. Well, you, you know that you know, in the last, I don't know, what, 10, 12 years, the, the FBI has thwarted, what, 22, 23 terrorist things where they uh, they have set the people up and they give them fake bombs. It was like 19 that, of 20 were were set up, yeah. Well, the, that that's when that's when Napolitano made the uh the 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 clip, but it's been increased since then. Right. Um but anyway, let's just say 20 at whatever, all right? So we know that the FBI sets these people up and gives them fake bombs. That's not what happened in 1993. They gave him a real bomb. Right. What about Oklahoma City though? Though there was there was two bombs that didn't explode that they had to remove that's on video of them removing. That guy got busted right here in Kingman, Arizona, literally. I mean, I know the news guy who broke the story nationally. Right. I'm with him. I mean, that guy was a blabbering idiot. <laughs> and he couldn't have pulled that off. You know, he was like staying in the trailer park, you know, the kind of tooth missing kind of dude, like, hey, how you doing? You know, it's. <laughs> again, shit. again, Kevin, mm-hmm. show me all the videos. All these things we talk about. Show well, let's me let's the, the video. Talk a little bit. Yeah, go ahead, man. So, so well, you were talking earlier about that the uh, the columns that were cut out of forty five. So, my question was: being as the car bomb went off in the in the basement, did that cause any of the effects to the columns that were cut out of forty five from the car bomb? 
No. All right, well, all right, so there are parking lots under each building. How could one bomb going off under one building affect the other? Well, wasn't it the same building? No, there are two separate buildings that that are actually, they're separated. They're not right up next to each other. There's a significant space in between them. And uh, the parking garage, if you look at the pictures, didn't do a tremendous amount of damage. And like I said, you're talking about reinforced steel and concrete, you know, just in a, I mean, a car bomb isn't going to take a building like that down. It's just not happening. Well, that's even like with Oklahoma City, which which was brought up also. Um, There's been um, recreations of the explosion. And even if, if that truck was parked out there, based on the recreations of the explosion with that truck being what caused the explosion it wouldn't have done any of the damage that was seen there because it was outside it wasn't near a column it couldn't have taken down that whole front of the building like it did so all these things you know you can go back there was a lady that that did interviews right after oklahoma city who said she saw gentlemen with brown butter in the in the parking garages you know, oh, okay. Yeah, there's always these. Diff- well, Go ahead. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying about the the different things, but you know, it was just it was just odd that you know how come that guy tried in '92 and it did you know the the trade centers didn't you know it didn't blow them up, but then you know they succeeded in 9/11. Well, and that's another yeah. thing you have to ask yourself. Ask yourself this question: that truck bomb in '93 was at the base. So you would expect, let's say it was perfect, it was set up perfectly, it would it would bring one tower down from the base, right? But these yeah. airplanes, as Dave was saying earlier, these airplanes hit at the 82nd and um, 70-something floor on, on each tower. So you would expect, especially the, the second plane that hit was more towards one side of the building. So you would expect if there was going to be some some... Uh, damage done or some collapse that the building would fall into that that area the plane hit and this is what dave was talking about earlier so if you have a plane that hits on like you know the far right side of a building you would expect the top of that building to topple over not the building to fall straight down and that's the question with 9-11 right if i were to punch you in the face are you going to fall straight down or are you going to go off to the side you're going to go off to the side Right, exactly. Yep. So why did the World Trade Center fall straight down and not off to the I, side? You, you know, I, I understand that, too. And, and I've watched, like, uh, what was it, a couple of years ago, they imploded that building in Tampa, wasn't it? And yep. then they also did one down here in Howie where, the, uh, where they came up, you know, and they set charges and stuff, and then they exploded <laughs> it. And, it, you know, the pieces didn't go out. Everything fell in, you know, but that was like a, a design designed to do that. You know what I mean? Right. right. It's a it's a controlled demolition. Ha- and there are there are yes. look Call, caller, are have f- you ever seen have you ever seen the videos of building seven falling down? No, no I have not. Alright, when we hang up with you tonight, I'd like you to go to YouTube, Google Building Seven, and keep in mind this building fell down at five twenty on nine eleven and they blamed it on the collapse of the World Trade Center. Of that building falling. By itself, by 
Yeah. So yeah, they, I, I'm, they, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. You know, I, I understand where you're coming from with the banks and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it's it just seems like someone, you know, like say if I work for you and you're doing something wrong, you know, eventually, you know, someone will try to stop it before before it came bad. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, by, by far, man. I do know. And you know what they do? They compartmentalize. Here we go with the big words. They compartmentalize, compartmentalize everybody. Well, and this, you don't know what is, the left hand's doing to the right hand. You all, know? Right, all right. So, go ahead, Dave. me this, caller. Um, all right. So you're, you're, you're assuming that it was an American force that actually, let's just say, laid thermite in the World Trade Center and Building 7. Um, what if we contracted out to, you know, India and just had people come here and do it here? Because, God, you know, we know that the CIA has gone to other countries and, and caused chaos and, and destroyed people and have, and have actually assassinated people, yep, right? And they don't give a shit because it's somebody else. So what, what makes you think that we didn't, we didn't hire outside contractors to come here and do it and just shut up? Or, uh, you know, maybe, they, maybe we hired these people and then killed them. Who the fuck knows? All I know is that it just doesn't smell right. <laughs> the smell well, test. I know, I know that too, but I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, if someone new comes into a certain area, how come people don't ask them questions? You know, I ask people questions. Have you, you know, apparently you've never been in New York. Eventually, you know. It's, it, it's a fucking melting pot down there. It doesn't matter, you know, er, there are people, there are all people, all kinds of people all over the place. There's, you know, in the World Trade Center area, just the buildings themselves, there was 100,000 people that worked in the two buildings. 100,000 people. There are 389,000 people in the city of Tampa, which means one-third of them worked in two fucking buildings. All right? So, okay. And there's, there's 8 million people in, in, in the five boroughs. Now, I grew up in Brooklyn, and Brooklyn is actually the, the most populous borough out of all five of them. If you couldn't so tell. So out of the 8 million people that were in, in the five boroughs, 3 million of them were in Brooklyn. There's fucking, you know, 150,000 people, you know, within like four block radius of me. You know, we, we, we don't give a shit what you look like. I just want to get the fuck where I'm going. <laughs> it's a lot different than living in the backwoods down here, or even me. I, grew, I lived in the backwoods of New Jersey. You know, in, in uh, the Wharton State Forest in New Jersey, but I spent a lot of time in Philly, so I get the the city thing. But for people who never really lived in a city, which a lot of our listeners, you know, we got truck do- drivers, we got people that live in you know the the rural areas of Southern Florida and, and Central Florida that listen to us, you know, people live live in Indiana that you know don't live near a major city. If you've never experienced a big city, if you've never lived near one, you never had to go through the trials and tributes of getting through it, it, it really is an amazing experience. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I drive to Port Charlotte, which is my nearest city to me, which is really not a city, and I fucking spaz, dude. I hate it. You know what I mean? I just I don't like big crowds. I don't like being around a lot of people. So until you... I mean, I- Go ahead. I'm with you. I, I mean, I go, I go all over from Atlanta to the Keys. I, you know, I work for a big pizza outfit. I go to, I deliver everything that every store needs from Atlanta to the Keys for pizza. You know, I'll go to Miami, to Atlanta, Jacksonville. You know, I understand going around with the big cities, but I mean, you know, even we got some trailers that are marked and some some vehicles that are unmarked. You know, like if say one of our vehicles are down, we go get a rental. Right. Well, you know, if I come up in a rental, I'm getting, you know, if I'm in Miami, you know, I don't speak Spanish, but, you know, I'm getting asked, 
hey, what are you doing here? You know, what what's going on, you know? Yep, because you got a rental right. truck. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sitting here and, you know, it's it's nothing saying who I am or what I'm doing here. And, you know, I'm getting asked why. But isn't that sad that in the, in nowadays you as, as a hardworking American man just doing his job has to be harassed because of what's been done around in our country. You know, you didn't do anything wrong. Why should you have to answer any questions? Right. And, 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 and you know, and, the, the worst the worst problem of it all is, is you know, like the, the local police. I mean, you know, I got, a, I got a name of a pizza company on my truck, which, you know, the pizza company, they'll give you a pizza. But, you know, what if I don't want pizza today? I want to go to McDonald's. Well, when I go to McDonald's, you know, now I'm forced with, you know, why is your truck parked there? You know, here, you're going to get a ticket because you're parked here. And, you know, you, you took up three parking spots instead of one. You know, so, you know, you get asked questions, you know, being a stranger in a strange place. Well, all right. So, but that's a private property issue, all right? If I, if I own a McDonald's and there's a, you know, uh, a pizza truck parked in my thing, I have the right to say, I don't want that here. You know, it's fucked yeah. up as it is. I think it's bullshit because let's let's be honest, man. I, I was a truck driver for six, seven years. You know, I, I I ate a lot of fast food, and if somebody were to kick me out because of it, I probably would never eat that shit ever again, no matter where it was in the country. Well, here's a good example, Dave. You know, we were at the the concert last weekend, the, the Ned concert, and I was smoking my e-cigarette. And I had three different times I had security guards come up to me and tell me I couldn't smoke my e-cigarette in there because it would give cigarette smokers the, the thought that it was okay for them to smoke. And I wanted to say, well, go tell them it's not okay to smoke and leave me the fuck alone. But yeah, it's okay. a private... It's, it's private property. Private right. property, exactly. All right. So, but, all right, so let's, let's get back to they the didn't put the joint out, though, did they? World Trade Center thing, all right? So we had, in 1993, the World Trade Center bombing, right? Where, what, six, seven yeah. people were killed... Nothing significant happened then, right? Right. And then in 1995, an Oklahoma City bombing happened, 168 people died, and there was a push to, to, to uh, sweep, there was a terrorist um, bill that never made it through the... Uh, well, the that's, also, that's also where we got the first um, assault weapons banned from. Mm-hmm. It was Clinton, wasn't it? Clinton, Clinton no, uh, right after, right no, it after... Started in, I think the assault weapons ban was in 94. Right after, right after Oklahoma City. No, uh, Oklahoma, oh, Oklahoma City, City was ninety five. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh Ruby right. Ridge. I'm sorry. Waco and Ruby Ridge caused the the uh, assault weapons ban. All right. So whatever. Well, I'm just yeah. talking about bombings. That the significant bombings. All right. So at ninety three, which six people died, uh, and nobody was really freaked out about it. And in 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 ninety five, people were still still freaked out, but they were like, no, we don't need any laws changed, right? And then it wasn't until two thousand one when you know twenty what. 800, 3,000 people died. That's when shit changed. 3,400 total and, if you count everybody. And and you as a truck driver, I'm sure shit has changed big time because I got friends that are truck drivers that, that can't go to ports anymore without an RFID card. They need to have everything yeah. checked. And I and again, I was a truck driver before this happened. I was, I was able to go fucking everywhere unencumbered. And um, it wasn't until the big event happens that people finally say, okay, let's have new laws. And that's the way things happen. And if you go back in history, all the major changes in laws come after an event. 
England oh. stopped their um, or, or did, did away with guns, uh, was it, 10, 12 years ago because of a school shooting. Australia, the same shit. There was some sort of event where kids school died shooting. and they took away um, the guns. And uh, oddly enough, holy shit, there's a school shooting here in, in uh, last year and now oh. we're talking about taking guns away. It's a, it's events yes, that happen. Now now you could think you could think to yourself that Dave the, these Dave, you know what they call that, right? Let, let's make sure we make everybody understand what they call that. It's called the he, oh. Hegelian dialectic. And what it is is problem reaction solution. You cause a problem, it causes the, the the population to give a reaction and demand a solution. And the solution is usually what the people that cause the problem want. Well, yeah, all right. But that's my point: is that you could you could look at it this way, where it it was designed, or you could look at it this way: this is the way it happened. Either way, you're giving up rights, all right, and you're you're not thinking clearly. Whether it's not controlled by the government or or you know the people in charge, you're giving up uh, security, or you're giving up rights for the the thought of security. When let's be honest, we're not more secure now than we were. You know, September tenth. We're less secure now, if you ask me. And well, we, we, let's just say we're, we're we're the same secure. We have we definitely have less rights. Oh, by you know? well, yeah. by far a lot. Listen, I want to make sure. Please remember, Building Seven is all you have to type into Google, YouTube, start page, whatever it is you're going to look at, and watch that building. Okay. Make sure you watch that because that is going to be a changing point in your thought on what happened on nine eleven. Because it sounds like, like you're kind of on the fence, kind of questioning it, but you're not sure really, uh, you know, what to think. And if you go to Raz Radio Live, uh, Salty posted a, a really good article. One of the big things about Building Seven is in England on um, what's their what's their uh, the BBC on BBC, a news reporter, I believe it was like 45 minutes before Building Seven fell reported that Building 7 fell. And the funniest thing about this report is as she's standing there, it's burning in the background behind her, as she's saying it fell 20 minutes ago. I, I have to uh, recommend a movie. Normally I would say Zeitgeist or whatever. What's the one that um, Loose Jason Vermis did? Loose Change. The final cut of Loose Change. It took me years to watch this movie, but it's actually a very good movie, and, and uh, they, they explore into Building 7. There are two guys... There were two people that were in Building Seven that tried that that, that got out, yep. and and the, and you hear their stories. And one mysteriously and, died of a heart attack two years later. Exactly before he was supposed to testify about something. So it, it, you know, there's a lot of fucking weird things. All right, and Barry uh, Jennings was his name, by the way. Yeah. So watch that movie uh, and look at it with. Uh, once you realize, once you think to yourself that my government. Is capable of doing these things. It uh, it. it oh, hurts. I know. I know to... our government is capable of ruining many lives. You know, they they ruin my life every every year when I, you know, I also I deliver pizza and I also farm. You know, oh. whenever I take my crop in and get it, you know, I sell. I go to Plant City with my crop and I can sell it all for cash. Well, when I take all that cash and put it in the bank. Boom, my bank account's froze for a week, a week and a half. Take that cash and go buy some gold, brother. Where did my money come from? Where did I get all my money from? 
Right, you're a, you're you're a suspected drug dealer because you put you put you know twenty five thousand dollars into a fucking bank account. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, don't get me started on the banks again. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'm just no, saying, they, you know, I, I know it's there to protect, you know, I guess a coat, you know, protect against drugs or whatever, you know. But it's you know, I, I'm I'm with you, you know. The government does have too much control, but you know, see, and the protect you know, against- you're just a voice, and I'm a voice. <laughs> To protect, How can we get together to stop them? To, to protect well, they're, against they're, drugs. Hold on, Dave. Hold, one sec. To protect against drugs is that's that's the biggest oxymoron. Because do you realize that eighty to ninety percent of the drugs that come into this country that we purchase on the street come from our government and them fucking Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the Mexicans it, it out of this. So our government brings it in. So what? Are they mad because? You know, people are, are competing with them, but I mean, exactly, exactly, well, man. Let's forget about the reason why the CIA brings in drugs, but it has been proven. If you if you watch, uh, what's that movie from from Vietnam? The uh, Air, America. Air America, yeah. Air, Air America was it was a whole airline devoted to just bringing drugs from Vietnam and and uh, Laos uh, to America. There's a runway strip. There's a runway strip right near me. I live in Charlotte County, Florida. There's a runway yeah, strip. There's a there's a strip right near me, right off of Boca Grande. Okay, and in the sixties yeah. and seventies, I've had old timers that have lived here for thirty, forty years. In the sixties and seventies, the CIA used to use this runway strip to land cocaine from Cuba, and then they'd ship it out from there, right here in, in Southwest Florida, man, right off of Boca Grande. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I know the airstrip you're talking about, right so, there on the. When you come out of Placida there, it's on yep, the left. Yep, exactly. And on the right is a is like a nature trail walk. Yep, exactly. Yep, that's exactly. They used to fly cocaine right into there. And that's how, you know, people say, well, where'd they get the funding to do 9-11? Where'd they get the funding to do uh, the Gulf of Tonkin? Where'd they get the funding to, to kill JFK? You know where they get it from? From running the drugs into the country, selling it to us, putting us in jail for using these drugs. And then getting paid for being in jail because it's a... Uh business exactly exactly totally well i mean you know it's it's just getting to the point now where where it's hard it's harder and harder to make a living you know i guess they don't want us to work that's exactly what they want hold on it's harder and harder to make a living if you follow their rules right? right there are ways to get about to go about um you know what next time you 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 sell your shit at plant city don't put in the Uh bank you know what Go buy, buy gold. gold. Yep. Go buy gold or silver. Go buy gold. Yeah. Go buy physical gold and silver, and then you know, silver is more spendable than gold is right now. Um, but you know, you could whatever you do. If you if you let's just say you, you know you got twenty thousand dollars in cash, that you could buy what uh, a lot of gold, a shitload no, no, of silver, ten at uh, six seven ounces. Um, and that's six, seven, you know, the, the size of a quarter or a little bit bigger than a quarter. You stick that under your mattress, and when it's time to, you know, when you need money, you take it to the store that you bought the gold and you transfer. You're going to pay a little bit of money. You're going to lose a little bit of cash um, from the transfer, but, you know, they can't take that away from you. There are ways. You look into Bitcoin. Bitcoin's an online currency that do your investigation be- into it, though, first. Right. I'm not a real big fan of it yet. I'm still not too sure on Bitcoin. It seems like a good program. There's a lot of people promoting it, but do your own research into it because I'm really not sure on it yet. 
here here's an interesting piece of uh, uh, trivia. Well, you know, but, and and at the end of the day, it's like what is good, you know, like he said, gold or the silver or your cash or at bullets. The end of the day, it, you know, it's all you're doing everything for is to have something to eat and a and you know a dry spot to lay down. Well, that's what you should that that should be your main focus every day beyond everything, and that's the way I try to you know I have to go do my job every day. You know, and and it puts you in a circuit, uh, you know, a cycle. But these are things we need to do. And if if everything crashes, the most important thing to do is feed your family and shelter your family. And that's all you have to concern yourself with. And if well, that's he's ahead of the game, man. He's got a farm. Oh he yeah, he's way ahead. Yeah. And and he, not only that, he's got excess that he could sell it and make good money. So he's way ahead of the game. Yeah, you got man. bartering power. I'm, I'm fucking happy. Yeah, I got three pepper plants power. in my Illinois. <laughs> We got another caller on the line. Let's see here. Uh, nine right. nine five four. Thank you for your time. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks for calling. Hey, man. Hey, thanks Bye-bye. for thanks for your service. Keep up the trucking, man. Absolutely. All right, no problem. Bye. Peace out, brother. All right, we got a nine five four caller. Hey guys, what's going on? How you doing, buddy? All right, this is uh, Mike from Florida. Uh, hey, Mike, how you doing? All right. <laughs> no, you mentioned uh, the war on drugs is, uh, is uh, bullshit because they're the ones bringing it. But that's not the, the real reason why it's bullshit. The real reason is that uh, they take people that are, you know, their their crime is, you know, using drugs, buying drugs, right? Which is really, you know, depending on who you ask, it's not really uh, uh, hurting anybody. And they put them in a cage with murderers, rapists, you know, and, and the most dangerous people in the world. So you're saying that you're, you're, you're keeping drugs illegal to protect the people. Meanwhile, when they get caught with drugs, you put them... In the last place you want to put somebody if you want to protect them. You understand? Right. Yo, yeah, because they're learning new skills that when they get out of there, they, they you know, they started out, they might have been just a, a little, you know, a little kid, a uh, senior in high school or maybe just out of high school. He needed some extra money. He wanted to go party one weekend. Maybe he had to pay for his drugs, his weed. So he started sw- slinging some weed. All of a sudden he gets busted for slinging some weed and he goes to a, a federal prison or, or a county prison or whatever it be. And, uh, you know, he comes out of there learning how to uh, go break into a house. So then he goes, not, only, not only that, he, you know, because he's got a record now, he can't get a job to support his Right, so he has to go break into that house. Right, he, exactly. He has no other choice. And, and if you look at the statistics, 51% of the people incarcerated in this country are for nonviolent drug offenses, which is fucking bullshit. Nope. You know? No victim, no uh, crime. Exactly. No yeah, victim, no crime. I got crime. a record from 18 that I got caught with, you know, with some pot. And that, that, that was on my record forever. That's still on my record. I guess I can get expunged, but still, you know, it's stupid. No, that's ridiculous. It's, it, it's a fucking plant, man. It's a fucking plant. You got busted for holding a plant. Not only that, if you look at the if you look into the chemical makeup of the plant, it's got fucking cannabinoids. Plant. Our body has cannabinoid receptors. We our bodies are designed to, take to ingest cannabis. Yep. All right. We don't have tomato things. We don't have, you know, <laughs> carrot fucking receptors. We got cannabinoid receptors. Not only us, but a lot of the fucking life forms on this planet have cannabinoid receptors. It's bullshit that they fucking make it illegal for you to have a plant. It is. And look at Scott Stevens. There's a lot of people that I've conversed with, that I've interacted with, that, you know, Scott Stevens juices it. You know, he doesn't smoke it. He doesn't cook it. He doesn't bake it. He juices it raw. And that's what he uses to combat AIDS. Um, there's other people out there that are, are um, using oils to combat ca- cancers. Uh, there's so many different things that marijuana can do for you that's a positive. 
Isn't Scott Stevens the uh, chemtrail guy out there in Colorado? Yes, oh, he is. God damn it. Yeah, he is a just chemtrail guy. Just had to throw chemtrails back in there again. And, and just, I actually use marijuana for, for pain management at this point in my life. And, you know, I used to think that, you know, the whole medical marijuana thing was bullshit because people wanted to get high. But I really see it. You know, it, I, I can't tell you how much better marijuana is than the fucking pain medication the doctors have me on. You know? I'm it's taking, bullshit uh, that I'm, it's illegal. I'm going to the gym now and I'm drinking a uh, hemp protein that I got on Amazon. The best tasting shit I ever had and it's, uh, it's really good and it doesn't make me feel like shit like whey does. Excellent. And uh, I don't see why this stuff is illegal, you know? Right, but now, but, but because it put is, they, because it would put big pharmaceutical out of business, that's why it's illegal. That's the yeah, only reason it's illegal, right? That's and, and, this, and this poor guy got, got a fucking record. Keep it yep. Well, it, not only would it put big pharmaceutical out of business, but it would also put a the big DEA, heart, the fucking it, it would it would take control away from the government because so much of this government is, is controlled is, yep, it, through drugs. Right. It, it would it would take power away from the cops, uh, from the local uh, council people. It would fuck the whole system up. And That's and why, uh, and the big impact it would make on big pharmaceutical, big pharmaceutical would lose a massive amount of dollars if people actually used uh, medical marijuana to medicate themselves with to take care of their daily problems. You know, I'm a I'm a high functioning pot smoker. I I, I smoke a lot of pot. That's debatable. <laughs> At certain times. I smoke a lot of pot. Dave and I've I've been with him. He well, he, he, he takes right, a hit here, he I takes smoke- a hit there. He doesn't smoke it like I do. Where I ha you know, I use it to medicate a different way. It's kind of my Ritalin. It's kind of my antidepressant. It kind of keeps me on an even keel. So I, I, I smoke a lot more. Where Dave is doing it for pain, he doesn't need it the same way I do. It's a different medication for him than it is well, for I, me. I also do a recreational, but I happen to enjoy the high that I get. And we all know that, and anybody that's, that's used it, we know that the more you smoke, the more used to it you get, so, which means you have to smoke more, which is the reason why you are the way you are and I am the way I am, because I kind of I let it go for a week or two and then smoke again, and then I, I enjoy being stupid. <laughs> you know, whereas a guy like you, you smoke breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you're even. I, if I smoked as much as you one day, and we went side by side, I'd be asleep <laughs> by ten o'clock. <laughs> All right, Mike. Let's, Mike, I got two other people on hold, so let me uh, cut oh, you I, loose. I wanted to say something about nine eleven. I wanted to play devil's advocate. If uh, the end game for nine eleven was to control the American people, wouldn't they have done a better job of being domestic terrorists instead of being an outside terrorist force? Well, if you look now, they're moving towards the domestic terrorist line. Um, there's been some new articles come out. As a matter of fact, the Los Angeles Times just came out with, uh, I think it was titled, uh, Patriots in Peril. And they talk about how the white man is the danger. So check that article. Yeah, check that article. I mean, they're, 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 they're directing it now towards the Patriots. That was their whole game. They had to get the fear of terrorism in your head. And now they're going to take that terrorism and move it off the 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 brown man in in Iraq, and they're going to move it to the white guy in the woods of you know Montana or Southwest Florida. So that they, I'm, I'm, I'm a brown man. I'm a brown man, and I think just like the white, people, they got to watch out for 
Well, they got to watch out for it all, dude. You know, I'm just saying that that's the the direction is the patriot right now. Right. The point is, is that now they're pointing the gun back at ourselves. If you believe in the Constitution, if you believe you should be able to carry a firearm, if you believe that somebody shouldn't be able to bust your door in for some weed, then guess what? You're the target. Yeah. You know, it, it, it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense that you're you as a as a brown man have got hemmed up on a charge. I'm a 45 year old white man. I've been smoking pot since I'm 13 years old. Never got busted for it at all. Me neither. Now I'm starting to realize. Yeah, you neither. Now I'm starting to realize that holy shit, they did actually focus on black people. You know, again, I grew up in Brooklyn. You know, half the people I knew when I was growing up, they got fucking busted for shit. And I just thought that guy, oh, yeah, you didn't know what you were doing. But no, they focused on. Now they're focusing on everybody. Right now. My son, I have a 19-year-old son that lives in New York. He's got to worry about fucking holding shit on him because he just got busted for fucking having a, a telescopic um, baton under the, underneath the front seat oh, of his that's car. Fucking ridiculous. He's dealing with a fourth-degree weapons possession. That's... And this fucking kid, my kid owns a fucking AR-15 and AK-47, and he's got a weapons charge for a telescopic baton? Yeah, and he's, just trying, to, he's, he's just trying to protect himself with it. Listen, we got two callers on the line. I'm going to try to get to the first one. I think it was eight. 6 3 called in about five minutes ago. 863, you there? What I've got. Hello. Hello. Is this, this skin? It is. All right. Skin biscuit. We got you, brother. I'm here, bro. <laughs> now, you guys were talking uh, weed, so I had to call in and uh, give my opinion. <laughs> weed always draws everybody in, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <I've, laughs> I, I disagree with uh, Fortos. I'm just like you, Sean. I need it to deal and tolerate with people on a daily basis that's not disagreeing with them that's just that's what you need and what i need dave right, right. doesn't necessarily need well, that. A, like well yeah i'm not I guess not but he just said he just is an occasional person no well he's a he's a daily person but he's not three four or five times a day he's once or twice a day I'm not even I a daily it. person. I, I do it maybe two two times a week, three times, depending on how oh I feel. God. But there was a time <laughs> in my life when I was younger where I was a high-functioning pot smoker, where I'd smoke you know, all day, every day. Um, and I don't have a problem with it. I bet I've lived that life. I know how, how you could actually interact with people. If I smoked t- you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning and tried to go outside, oh, my God, I'd be an, a blithering idiot. But 20 years ago, I was fine. <laughs> Skin, hold on for a second. We gotta, let me get the other callers. I don't want to leave them sitting forever uh 203 yeah, yeah. that's my other caller who, who we got there 203 area code you out there in yellow sean yes sean yes sean yes hey buddy how you doing hey have you heard any good stories lately it's wolfman what's up dude hey wolfie Right, he's he's got oh, a really? Connecticut area code, but he's in Virginia. <laughs> that's why I got all confused. Yeah, well, you know, it's that's the whole unlimited data bullshit. I'm not going to fucking cancel my phone just because I moved to Virginia. There you go. That makes sense. Well, yeah. hey, I got a I got a uh, Pennsylvania number, and I live in Southwest Florida. So, <laughs> I mean, come on. You can yeah, change so, your phone number. It doesn't cost anything. Yeah, but why hey, change your plans? Hey, I think J- Jay's going to be the newest addition to uh, the, the Res Radio Live. Hopefully, set. yeah, that's what it sounds like. So what does he got to say? See what happens. What's your thoughts? On what? On it was. I know you called me. <laughs> I, I I thought we were gonna have some fun. I was. I, I'm looking to get into some titties here. What's what's going on? Oh, that's Friday nights. This is not the titty show. Oh. Oh wait a minute! Wait, uh, I have to say, if you're, if you're Jay, if you're watching us on YouTube, 
If you look no, beyond Sean's face, you could see most of Lexi's boob. <laughs> Trust me, I'm looking at it right now. And yeah, you, you just go to it. YouTube and watch it. There you go. Yes, I yeah. suggest repositioning that camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't like the view there, uh, Skin? I ha- I saw the last feed. I haven't been watching this one, but uh, it wasn't. I mean, she's in the shadows back there. I mean, at least put a light on her. You know, she's a little more lit up tonight. Sean put baby oh, in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jay, let's see. You got yeah. something on the topic. Uh, come back again. I didn't hear you. You got something on the topic? No, I just wanted he to call to... in. And, uh, he wanted to see titties. Say what's up? <laughs> All right, brother. <laughs> I appreciate you listening. He wants to have fun. He let let let. All right, so let's take a break and come back. I'll smoke, and then uh, I'll, I'll be do, fun. Do 20 minutes of fun. 20? Half hour, 45. I don't, I don't, I don't got a job to wake up till tomorrow, man. <laughs> all night. If you guys like to hang on for a little bit, we'll play a song, uh, take a pee break, and then we'll come back and do some fun times. Are you well, going to I'm, I'm going to go uh, hit, the, hit the sack of up on, on time today, so. All right, all right brother. Man. We'll Get talk to you soon. Together. Give me a call and get that show on the radio already. Uh, we're going to work on it tomorrow, man. I'm going to look into getting all the stuff that I need and uh, get it shipped ready and uh, get in touch with you. All right, man. All sweet, right. sweet, Jay. We'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, brother. Have a good night, guys. Asshole out. Later. All right. Who was that again? Jay, Jay, one of our buddies from Facebook. See, you're not on Facebook, so we, it's hard for us to relate. Um, what's his Twitter yeah. handle? Dave. Mine? I don't even know if he's got a Twitter handle. No, he's on Does Twitter. He? I can't remember his Twitter handle. Shit. It's got to be... Oh, uh, shit. Uh, i got to look it up. But. And, he, and he's going to do a show? Yeah, he's eventually going to step yeah. on and do a show here eventually. Um, we're trying to build the weekends up, get some full, all-the-time broadcasting over the weekends. I noticed today we had some good numbers. I was happy with what I saw. Uh, Scott's doing a good you know, job. I, I gotta say, man, if he's gonna do a show, his his content he just brought is just terrible. I mean, he better step up his game, Jesus. Oh, I love. You know what? Skin, you know what? Skin biscuits is. He is our he is our roving critique for Raz Radio. Well, fucking ballbusters, what he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he definitely bring it. If you're not doing it right, he'll well, bring it. <laughs> he actually, you know, you he, did, he did something. You just ask him his, his, a topic or uh, an opinion on a topic, and he was like, um, well, um, uh, no, I'm out of here. I'm just going out hit the sack, buddy. I mean, really? <laughs> that, that's, that's what you're bringing to the table. You called in like you said to him. You called me. And he just had nothing. So, come on, buddy. I don't know if you're listening, but try harder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, he had he started riling me up the other day, uh, Skin Biscuit, and it got me mad. And I'm like, I got mad for a little bit. I was like, wow, somebody actually got me fucking mad. Oh, he's good and at that. I was that. like, props out, man. <laughs> Kevin, I he was... Biscuit on, on my show because he's a perfect co-host to piss people off. And when you piss people off, it makes really good radio. Yeah, it does. He was so going after your co-host. We're taking a break, and then we're going to have some fun. No, I think we'll just wrap it up. I thought Ke- I thought Jay was going to hang around for a little bit, but we'll just wrap it up because I'm f- I'm freaking. Yeah, we didn't white. even really talk about nine eleven. <laughs> is that unusual for our show? This is true. Take a break and come back. I'll call back in or whatever. I mean, if you're Don, done, you're done. Don yes. J. John Don Jurgendy is what his name was. He just popped it up on uh, Twitter. Hold on, hold on. Let me get it up again. You listen to Skin. Don Jorgendy. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Don Jorgendy 4RL. And, uh, Is it like at you know, Don Jorgendy? Yes. Yeah, whatever. 
Yeah, <laughs> Dave, right, Dave's right. got his four, lo- four locos going. All right, Skin, thanks yeah. for calling in, man. Make sure you check out Kevin's show and Shifty's show tomorrow, starting uh, right, 6 please. and uh, 7, on, respectively. And uh, we're, we're going to wrap up tonight. I've had a long day. I'm, 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 I'm talked out. <laughs> All right, have a good night, gentlemen and lady. You too, brother. Thank good you. Night. Good yep. night. Yeah. Uh, good show, guys. I appreciate your help. Um, we're going to continue on this. Uh, try to talk about old things and then get it, you know, starbursted into like eight million other things that connect to <laughs> what we're talking about. Realize we started with nine eleven. We rambled about a bunch of different other things, but it all leads to the same thing. It all leads to the same end game. It's right. Just, it's, it's a core issue that we're talking about. You know, right. We, exactly. We're not talking about. Uh, I don't know. Let me let me pull up one of my tabs here. To, oh, who's, call, who's calling? <laughs> I have a feeling this is Jay calling back in. Uh oh. Hello. Yeah. Five six. Can you hear me now? I can. Hear, oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. Yo, you, you, you gotta play Buzz in a song, man. He's got some bullshit to say now. <laughs> got some bullshit. What you got, Buzzy? You calling on First your Obama one. phone? Don't you be talking shit about. <laughs> My fucking tomatoes. <laughs> Leave those tomatoes out of it. That's right. Well, I said, who was the skin biscuits that just said that he has to smoke marijuana to deal with people and deal with the day? Uh, both skin biscuits and myself said that. Okay, now here's my viewpoint. Okay. I, I have nothing wrong with people smoking marijuana. I do it if I can get away with it. Okay. But everybody knows I'm a dumbass truck driver, so I can't do it. But you do not need you, everybody says marijuana isn't addictive. Yes, it is. I will argue till the day I die. It may not be physically addictive, but it is mentally addictive. Let me ask you this you question. Do not, you do not need marijuana to deal with addiction. Like, I drive through Atlanta, major cities every fucking week. Miami, UCLA. All right, let me ask you this, Buzzard. When you wake up in the morning, how much I caffeine? Do, how much caffeine do you need to get through? Oh yeah, the I drink my coffee because, it, but caffeine is physically, just like cigarettes, are physically addictive and right. mentally. So why are you judging a man who chooses to smoke marijuana to deal with life? Meanwhile, you can't fucking wake up without without doing a fucking dose of a uh, fiend. And let me ask you, you know, this: double, double shot of fiend in your coffee. And let me ask you this, oh, Buzzy: yeah, lo- caffeine, oh, caffeine God, is just as much of a drug as anything else because you, you yes, need it. it to, you need to have but, it, and if you get off of it, there are withdrawal symptoms. You get pain, you get headaches. And, that's and exactly you, you what I'm saying. Marijuana right. is physically addicting. Now, let, no, it's let, not. Can I ask? Can I ask a question real fast? Would you right. rather me, Buzzy? Would you rather me wake up and smoke a joint, or would you rather me wake up and pop a zanny? And then get on the road. Which one would you rather me on the road on? I don't want you on the road with either one, but if I had to choose my make my choice, I I never took a Zanny, so I have no idea, but I just smoke a joint. What the fuck? Well and that's the point. See, and the biggest thing is they could they could stick me on prescription drugs in a heartbeat and say, Hey, you need this to get through the day. Because 'Cause I'll be honest, I, I'm a little off. You know, I but get well, a little I, I, I need something to keep I well but I but I look at I I I'm a little off. I need something to keep me in line. They've had me. I've been on prescription antidepressants so, before. So admit to me, marijuana is addictive. 
No, because when he runs out, he doesn't go fucking crazy. He doesn't rob anybody. He doesn't go fucking crazy. He's just like, shit, I wish I had a joint, because I've actually seen that part of him, too. Yeah. You're saying you need it, though, so it is addictive. It no, makes no, me a more pleasant no, person to be around. He, no, he doesn't okay. need it. He, he would, doesn't no, need it. Okay, no, then also admit, you enjoy the high every day. Just like I enjoy the high, or so, something like marijuana, but uh, my caffeine, right. or, or my uh, nicotine, I enjoy the high. Right, and, exactly. Which makes it is addictive. So, all right, so, no, 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 no. There's a physical issue if you stop smoking uh, tobacco or if you stop taking caffeine. There is no physical issue if you stop smoking marijuana, okay? As a guy that does it all the time, I'll fucking go crazy for six weeks, and then I'll stop for a month. And I wake up the next morning and say, I don't want to do it anymore. And there's no physical issue whatsoever. When when Raz runs out of weed, he doesn't freak out. He's not going through anything. But when you run out of caffeine or you don't have cigarettes, you've got fucking mental problems. Well, he's got uh, mental problems to begin really with. Don't bother me, but on the, on the cigarettes, yeah. I'll, I'll you go know what I mean. Five, six weeks sometimes without smoking, trying to quit. But yeah, it's still five, six weeks later, i got to have a cigarette and I'll break down and smoke it. <laughs> you need a pacifier, Buzz. You need a pacifier. I, I got pacifiers. I got them fucking electronic cigarettes. They ain't worth a fuck. <laughs> My mother stopped smoking 37 years ago. She yeah, still wants a cigarette, right? Some, I have never... I'll be honest with you. I have never gone and said, holy shit, I, I need to smoke. It's always like, I'd like to get high now. I would like to do this, but there's no physical, like, I don't get the shakes from not doing that, all right? But people, when they quit alcohol, when they quit caffeine, when they quit smoking, they have the, they have these physical issues. Can I go right back to my uh, point again? It's mentally addictive. You can go five, six weeks, you said, without smoking marijuana. But how could you, how could day, you be mentally addicted to something? Passed. It's just you, you want it. I, you know what? I'd like to have an orgasm every single day. That doesn't mean <laughs> that I have to have it. I'm mentally That's... addicted to coming, but, you know, <laughs> shit happens. I don't want to talk about you coming, actually. That, that's yeah, really disturbing. Say, you, just, you just got me all hooked up now. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about your orgasm. You got them all choked up on your orgasm there, Dave. Yeah, I hemmed them up. Hmm. <laughs> All right, yeah, gentlemen. You know what? When you go to sleep at night, think about me coming. <laughs> yeah, you'll have nightmares. Oh, that'll that'll keep you awake. Him and his nine toes. <laughs> but hey. What's up? Lay off the goddamn tomatoes. And you know what? What? I got to go now. Peace out, Buzzy. We love you. <laughs> got to love when Buzzy calls in. All right, gentlemen. It is definitely that time i appreciate kevin you joining us and sniffling in the background for us for the few hours it was, it was, i'm gonna try to do my show tomorrow night uh hopefully i can get someone like uh shifty of course and uh joe i don't know you might not be able to get shifty you might have something to do no radio no he'll be there <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what if shifty isn't here i'm not doing a show because i feel like a bucket of assholes so uh, but no, it's uh, someone like uh, talking to the uh, Skin and Biscuits, someone like Jay. You know, I'd love to have those guys come on my show on Sundays and kind of give them a little bit of a training 101, you know. There you go. And also add content to it. 
Excellent. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Make sure you guys check out Kevin. Kevin, how is it working tomorrow? Because you guys have got me in, in limbo and confused. So you oh, go on at 7? Limbo. It's, uh, it's uh, somebody else. But, um, the it's way the I... government that has daylight savings time. <laughs> and Kevin. Not in Arizona. They don't bitch. The rest of the fucking country has it. Um, I'm going to start off with Shifty's uh, f- in focus with Shifty at um, 6 and at 7. We're going to move into the Week in Review. They kind of just tie into a show, into a show. It's just warming it up and, uh, you know, just talk about whatever we have to talk about. So, so Shifty's your fluffer? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I, I even show pictures of my calves just to make it worth his while. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Kevin. I appreciate it. Make sure you guys check out week, uh, In Focus with Shifty at 6 and then Week in Review with Kevin at 7. Uh, definitely good times to be had with those two gentlemen. So I appreciate you joining us tonight, Kevin. Dave, what do you got for the last uh, say goodbyes? <laughs> oh, I don't really think I have anything. I'm actually kind of tired. <laughs> You're actually kind of tired. Is that for loco? It didn't just wore off on you? Uh, yeah, it's it's actually wearing off rather quickly. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking on my bed. I'm like, all right, shut it down. I, I I'll probably be in bed before the fucking song is over. I started feeling that way when we started, and I was trying to get my second wind. It just. You know, she was quiet tonight. If you didn't notice, never came along. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Just for the record, t- tomatoes are evil. I love tomatoes. Yes, they are. They're 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 God's duty balls. They're paying buzzards' bills. <laughs> paying buzzards' bills. Say that three times real fast. Right, but it's still they're still genetically modified organisms. Yes, they are. Well, unless you're growing them on your own. And, and wheat, wheat isn't genetically modified. Well, it is. It but could be at times. All right, guys, I want to thank everybody who listened in tonight, the first 52 on Raz Radio Live. It's been a pleasure. We love having you here. Make sure you tune in next week. Check out Kevin tomorrow. Peace out. Be safe. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. Setting sun is loading guns Don't be afraid of mistakes Emotions misplaced To love or to hate I don't know what to do We're all lost and confused Just trying to get through in this world Always trying to prove that we're worth What it takes But it takes a long time Dirt to see grace When I'm trying to be real They tend to be fake When I'm risking it all With no time to waste Fuck this rat race I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination's face With the sunset hung behind us the universe to blind us from the moon We'll watch 
right from day one I've been in this alone With odds stacked against I've been drowning in stress They said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left An old man once told me Allie, don't ever look back Keep your eyes on that prize And give them hell to your death This is a test Just a frequency check For intelligent life Now's time to connect guys so much thanks the first 52 is the bump diggity are chemtrail geoengineering programs changing our weather and destroying our environment why in the world are they spraying they want to create a storm in the southeast then they'll start engineering out over the north pacific that's where the trailies will be find out why critics are calling why in the world are they spraying the most important film that is revolutionizing the environmental movement go to why in the world are they spraying.com for more information it's just going to get worse until the point where we're not going to be able to grow anything at all unless it's a monsanto genetically modified abiotic stress resistant seed why in the world are they spraying new international version with languages available from around the world Go to whyintheworldarethespraying.com for more information. It's all about money, and weather is another form of commoditizing, a way the central command group can commoditize another form of our life. Why in the world are they spraying? And if you control the weather, you're going to control the planet. It's that simple. 